On tonight's episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, George comes in studio and we like to do everything in moderation, even though George doesn't. And we answer your motorcycle and motorcycle product related questions as usual, unfazed. But did I ever tell you that I used to race motorcycles? Hmm. You're going to have to listen to the show. Send up a thumb or something across the the uh, screen if you want uh, George to uh, overserve Jimmy during the show. <laughs> <laughs> Live from Perrup, Nevada, the Valley of the Dirt People, it's Tech Talk Taco Tuesday with your hosts, Jimmy Lewis and George Justice. How was George that? is good. That was pretty good. You cut it off just right. Yeah. So welcome to the show again, and it's not the 200th John R., I'm sorry. We're 203 episodes into this, uh, oh, we'll call it the uh, pod show, this awesome pod show where we talk about motorcycle and motorcycle product-related questions. My name is Jimmy Lewis, and if you don't know, did, George, did you know I used to be a professional motorcycle racer? Racer. Racer, yeah. Okay. Profes- Which means, and professionals defined by what? You get paid, right? You get paid. Yeah, I had a race. couple good years, really good years. You had some really good years. I had some good years. I made some monies. I heard that. I read that in a history book, I think, in grammar school. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't really like to talk much about myself on this show unless somebody else brings it up. But since I brought it up, brought it up, I'll just it. keep going. Why am I sitting here answering motorcycle and motorcycle product related questions? Because I think you you enjoy passing things on to people that maybe don't have access to that information easily, and you also do it pretty candidly, where you're not a total total shill you know you you say what you feel and that's For, probably why you're not a millionaire because uh, if you're a, a shill you would have been making you know money just you, saying what I, people wanted to say you've, that you've often you've often said somehow i'm adverse to making money you, you repel money I, right. I see it all the time i couldn't help it but you know you want to know how i made really good money when i was racing that back back when I was racing, one one way changing made, tires, <laughs> ten bucks a pop, right? so I could go to the international six days enduros. Which, by the way, I had. I don't you know I don't like to bring this up all the time, but like there's a reason there's four gold medals sitting on that. I I saw those uh, and I should have yeah. worn mine. I really? Yeah, I think oh. it's in my trailer. Yeah, I want to wear it one of these days. We'll compare and contrast because mine's uh. like. You know, the size of one of those big watches the I, rappers wear. And and I mean, I don't mean to poo-poo. I like, you know, I only have four of them. I mean, there's guys have a lot. I got it. So t- on tonight's show, tonight's show brought to you by Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Fast Company, Bulletproof Designs and Double Take Mirrors, by the way. Trail Tech. Trail Tech as well. Did I slip? slip you, you missed, that was slipped out? That was the only one that slipped it's, by. I was I getting out of here. the corner of my eye. Um the only reason I have four gold medals is they were so easy to get. Like, you know, I'm like, I got four. What, else, what more do you need? I mean, how many do you need to collect? I, de- I decided to go do something else like rally racing, which was, for me, uh, I thought it was more in my wheelhouse. I thought I could go win the Paris to Dakar rally, but that was harder than it seemed. And I only did that uh, th- three and a half times. Competed three, three and a half. Once. Three and a half times. One no. time didn't go so well. Diarrhea. I thought one time you had a 
digestive problem. Was it's that called the, diarrhea. That's what took you out. But you've got diarrhea. hurt pretty bad at that too, right? Well, I career-ending injuries, but that's nothing. But I, did you finish on those when you got? Yeah, hurt? I finished. Wow. I finished with a broken collarbone, but that only happened on the last day. The wrists were way earlier. It was really stupid. Hmm. But I had really big wind bonuses. <laughs> okay, we help answer your questions. The reason I'm here doing this is because I've done so well uh, over the years, had so much fun with dirt bikes. I really do want to share it. And whether I'm trying to help build an off-road park for kids in town or I am sitting here just jibber-jabbering about dirt bikes to help you, whether you've been doing this for 80 years, like some of my friends, or you're just getting started. We really want to help you. We want to make this a little bit entertaining. I like to lob crap out at my friends, especially, uh, you know, make them. Do you have to turn on something so people can chat? No, they're all there. They can chat on the platform. So if you're on YouTube or Facebook, it's ready, but yeah, it's it's ready, but uh, and Mark Daniels showed up a little late, and he's only having a Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. He doesn't even have his extra tea in there because he's not as cool as me right now. And I have tonight. Oh, because the the fifth tea is for uh, tequila, George. Uh, you don't drink anymore, so no, not not at the moment. Not at the moment. You're just passing up. But uh, tonight, I think I'm going to do Milagro Silver. Is that okay? That's good stuff. Well, We've had that before. I'll have you. I'll have you Water pour a little that. bit. Just just a little tiny one in there. Jimmy asked me before the show if this would trigger something. Yeah, there's no but triggers here. I don't here. have any triggers. I just quit <laughs> drinking. There was no DUIs. There was. And no... there's poor kid named Jaden Hilton. I don't know if he's a kid. It's probably it's probably a hot chick, really, because that's the only people that really want to talk to me all the time. Is trying to get on me. In the uh, in the Instagrams, because some something else we do is we do it. Wow, that's a full pull. That's I usually pour it about to here. Yeah, I know, but this is gonna be fun. Oh, you're gonna this help gonna make get interesting. You're gonna help, help make the along. show better. Yeah. Should I put on my uh, Scott goggles? These aren't these aren't beer goggles. These are Scott goggles, and uh, definitely some of my favorite goggles. And I, I, you know what I hate about this is I have to keep this as a show prop, and I want to wear these ones. This is the uh, six day. The six-day special edition, you can still get these on Scott's website. So limited edition, special edition uh, for the six days this but year. But that's just colors and stuff, right? It's a it's a prospect goggle. Prospect. Is that right, yeah. Good goggle. That's, I, bought, I bought those, you know, without before Scott was on board with you and everything. Right. And I bought it because they made that transition lens, which is what I like. Yep. And transition lenses. This one has the, has the uh, amplified lens. And so, so cool. But the good thing about those goggles is they just fit, period. What's Amplified do? Uh, it obviously does something to, to make everything pop. It's like, you know when you're on Instagram, like you put a, a filter on your you put a filter okay. on your thing and it makes your pictures look better? Well, it makes the ground look better. So send up a thumb or something across the, the uh, screen if you want uh, George to uh, over-serve Jimmy during the show. <laughs> <laughs> Overserved. Um, but anyways, uh, if you ask questions in the chat, so we're live on Facebook and YouTube every Tuesday night at about 7 p.m. We go through the questions. We have questions from the videos on our YouTube videos. Almost 20,000. Our engagement was up like 35,000 people this uh, this and week that was for some reason. What was the, the stat you gave me on the Cove thing? The, the Cove had a whole bunch of views because another YouTuber pointed people in our direction. And I don't know how or where. I, I, I don't have time to 
go and search all this stuff out. I'm pretty busy getting my fingers into stuff I shouldn't or doing the stuff that should have been done for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I used like to have take out the trash. Pet my cat. Yeah. yeah. Load the paint. <laughs> need co- a cat paint petter. Bed. Yeah, I need a cat petter and I need somebody like I need somebody to come in here and push more of these buttons is what I really, really need. So I can, cause then I can because I can push like these things. Oh boy, here I can go and see. I can I can I can make it look at me. And then there's another one that I think look at you're called the Logan Cam. Oh wow. I yeah, don't think I look like Logan. That's you, yeah. Logan well, I cut Logan out of the intro. So so how, how many how many in views did you have on that Cove thing or whatever? What it's like thirty six thousand or something? Thirty thousand, forty thousand. That's pretty know. cool. Only dwarfed for some... by the three million views of the video <laughs> taken by someone in this room, not Jimmy. Right. Of the eleven ninety all-wheel drive adventure bike. It's over three million, I think. It's, I should pull it up and look at it. It's That's I don't pretty have, crazy. I don't when if you can go on a rant later on tonight and just start talking about something, I will call it up and find out how many people have looked at it. But it's a it's like a so here's how that worked, George. All-wheel drive adventure bike. I know you like to claim that you're a high-profile shooter now. You know, you're your video No, guy. that was just one I one and done. I took it. We took it out. Jim and I were riding. I stopped on that hill right where you did. And, and I, said, I rode watch up, this. I rode up to you and I said, hey, watch this. Why don't you watch it through the lens of my camera? So I handed him my phone. No, you didn't. It's on my phone. It's on your phone. See how you distort things in your mind? It's I too only, much tequila. I only you remember. try my program, Jimbo. I only Clear remember what I need to remember. So <laughs> How you need to remember I said, it here, too. shoot a video of this. And we shot a couple little clips. And I put one on the on the, on the the tubes of you, and it's all it just it's took all off. All-wheel drive adventure bike, I think, yeah. is the hit on the thing. Yeah, search it. It still goes like crazy because people can't believe um, what it does. I and if if Steve Cristini is listening, which you know, I think did I pick the Cristini as my worst bike ever? I think I did. I think I no. picked it. Yeah, I did. Not not the Cristini concept, but, just the the one Cristini. Yeah, because I when we went to worst bike ever. And by the way, Jay Clark over at Dirt Bike TV, you owe me your worst bike ever. Still, he won't he won't say anything bad because he's he's not part of that generation that the everything's good generation. But I actually picked the Cristini bike as my worst bike ever, and not for anything to do with the all-wheel drive system. It was because it was built on one of those Chinese platforms that had a fuel injection system that wasn't ready for prime time. And I spent more time playing with that, trying to get it right. And we were constantly dealing with software yeah, issues and updates. A... And the minute we'd get it okay, they'd update to something better, quote, better, because it actually had more sensors in it. And we'd spend more time working on it. And it just, it was, it was painful. I mean, it was good. But it was, I mean, it was good to do the, to, to do the development for them and stuff. And the, But it was just painful. And so my criteria for the worst bike ever was something that I felt should be so much better than it was and that I spent way too much time working on. And... In that we were working on this video that I still could actually do if I wanted to. It was the advantages of a two-wheel drive motorcycle, all-wheel drive motorcycle. And so I have a Honda-based Christini. So it's a CRF 250X that has the Christini platform on it. And then I've had the all-wheel drive adventure bike, which is also the Christini platform. And so I have a lot of experience with this. And I kid you not, my my Honda that it was based on, the ignition went out on it. We had to tow it back. And then I had another one. We had the on the Honda, on the Honda, the, the real yeah, Honda, the Honda. The, the, nothing. So it's like mm. it seems like anything. I, anytime I was sitting on something that was 
had it, so I just had a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I mean, as I recall, all the problems with that uh, overseas, that Chinese-based one, was little things like uh, switches. You know, seemed to be built really poorly and different. A lot it's of little, a, and then the program, the ECU had a lot of trouble and hiccups. And it's a knockoff of a Honda 450X, and they fuel injected it even before Honda did, but they used a very antiquated fuel injection system and and cool. it had it, it it could work but it just wasn't the computer wasn't fast enough to do what it needed to do and i mean now you look at the like okay the cove which is kind of a big thing on our world right now cove is killing it uh you maybe know, that, cove and christine should look at a collaboration <laughs> well there was a guy that built cove steenie cove steenie <laughs> You heard it here first. Remember that. Okay. Oh, the other thing I wanted to add on that whole project, the adventure bike thing didn't take off. The big bike. That's the Christini. one. That, that's the one that should have taken off. It was, and and that's just because Christini's done other things, right? They're busy doing other things. Because yes, you bicycles. you broke it. Bicycles. I and I, I and I got to tell you, I was there for the break, and you were taxing it really my, hard and you, it broke. you you understand what my job was with that particular vehicle right to, to find that to break push it. it to that failure yeah, to break it that was and that I was, was just the, cringing with it, what you were doing on it it broke be it broke a couple times because it was delivered to the to the to the customer previous to it being thoroughly tested then they didn't want those things to happen again so yeah. that's why I got it and then I ramped up we'll call it ramp up the testing i did normal stuff and then when it passed all the normal stuff then i beat the crap out of it and it was like literally every week a box would come for christini with some new parts these are updated this is beefed up this is failure point and they kind of knew but it needed to be done by a certain date and it kind of just got done quickly and then they refined it and it it was good all-wheel drive for adventure bikes it's just like a. it'll come around uh, i'm pretty sure especially with electric but the, the 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 same there's different things but when it's just like your trucks, okay? Everybody has four wheel drive trucks. And how much do you use four wheel drive? You were just reading my mind because I was going to insert that into this conversation. I wondered if motorcycles will ever get to that. Where it's it's an option. When it's when it's when the cost point's right and the weight and everything, and it doesn't make that big a difference. Cost point. A motorcycle is a luxury it's item, gonna, so you want to buy more luxury. Yeah, but you don't want a you know six thousand dollar add on to a ten thousand dollar bike, you know. But as those merge, where it's you know it's a closer thing, and you get it on the resale, like with four wheel yeah. drive on a truck. Yeah, I think yeah, a lot of people might get it, and maybe they'll never use it, but they'll when they use it, it'll be cool. Okay, I I I fully agree i thought there was some manufacturers that were going to jump onto it but i think you know it's just it's a cost thing and a couple other things and maybe with this electric stuff it'll kind of come and i think they're they're hoping that the electric will make it so you don't have to use the mechanical system which you're going to have to get your electronics down pretty good because if if my indicate my experience with electronic sort of fly-by-wire anything so far that that starts doing traction control sensing and stuff. If you think tuning like an ECU for jetting or something is complicated, you should work on controlling wheel spin because everybody has a different thing. But if it's, if it's one-to-one, in other words, it's driving through a chain and sprocket, uh, then it's a little bit easier. So, uh, Bill O'Neill says it's not, he, he's not an influencer, but he's in charge of something. Um, and then dirt bike, he said that he got the, uh, he got the uh, 
updates for the Christini, and it was much better. And Asher, who uh, won our Rooster Endo a few weeks ago, has to go to Bible study right now. So oh, he can restream yeah. it. Yes, I, I my my link you said won't refresh or whatever, so I don't get any of that. What? But that's okay. I, if I go like this, I can read those. Oh, uh, through the bottom. But of the I thing. have to go through my transition bifocal uh, things. Two wheel drive is aberration. Did that is that text to speak? Says C Marsh. I don't know. Yeah, you got to dumb it down for us third grade English kids up mm-hmm. here. Uh, okay, so the stuff we do here on the show is answer the questions. I'm going to shut off the uh, the live grandma instas over here because I'm going to be taking a call a little bit later from Trevor Hunter, who, by the way, got to ride this. You want to hit that button there? Yeah, I'm going to hit this button. Hold on, YZ. Why do I have YZ action? He got to ride that. So, yeah, end this now. And then, uh, well, I got an award again. Ding. Yeah, continue. And we'll do this. So, yeah, Trevor rode the YZ. I don't, I don't even, I wonder if he can talk about it. So that's the, that's the question. A lot of times they embargo this stuff. And so we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see what Trevor can talk about later on in the show. Um, other things we can talk about. Uh, Tenere 700, we're going to talk about some of that. And if you're watching this on the internet, you're seeing what I'm doing. But if you're not, then you're listening to the show. So that's the bike that Trevor rode today. Can you even show that picture? Yeah, we can show it. The, the pictures were released a so while what, ago. what was it? It was a YZ what? YZ250F, the new YZ250F. So, I so what's I'd, all that mean? Yamaha introduced a brand new 2024 Yamaha YZ250F. By the way, Yamaha Blue Crew. Um, but best what's, what's bikes the, uh, ever. Yeah, what's so. the F model? F is the motocrosser. Okay. F means four stroke. And YZ I'm not... is YZ. If it's an FX, then that means it's an off-road one. And that's how they how they do it. So, okay. Want to get into these questions really quick? Let's start diving into some questions. So a lot of these questions come from our chat. If you've been participating in the chat, if you throw a, ch- a question up in the chat, I will answer it. And uh, But like Desert Adventure says, do you prefer clip or rivet master links? In all honesty, Desert Adventures, I prefer clips because they take a long time to wear out. And then if you do have to take the chain off, there's a, I would say, 92% chance that the clip is in a location when something goes really bad that you can actually pop the clip off to get the chain off if it bunches up someplace else. And just keep an eye on it, and you're never going to have any problems with them if they're installed properly and you know what you're doing. Rivets, for sure. Uh, some people think in racing applications it's it's better to do that. But like almost everything I've seen with motorcycles, if you're not a professional mechanic you really know what you're doing if it takes a certain level of skill you're probably going to screw it up and i think riveting a master link takes more skill than popping a master link clip on there i had one of my the flat track race pit guys was i was talking to and they change chain links a lot with their gearing and everything so they do stuff Uh but they were saying never use a master clip after you take it off 
you know, use it once and get rid of it in a racing type so, application. Yeah, racing application. But do the big bikes, like the adventure bikes, is there a clip option or are they all rivets? There's clips on them. Yeah, on just, the real yeah, big ones? Yeah, and the oh. big ones, yeah, as well. Um, I have uh, Anthony Z says, do the AER cor- cartridges fit in the Explore forks? <laughs> Let's see, Anthony. Everybody hates the stock Explore, Explore forks and the AER cartridges. I don't know if it's just a drop-in. I have never tried to do that, but that would be interesting to to find out. That's a that's a great question. Uh, I don't see if the if the thread pitches and the lengths are the same. I don't see why they wouldn't because. You know, they like to keep a lot of that stuff similar. But, uh, yeah, there's probably a lot of those cartridges. Um, yeah, probably a lot of those cartridges around because everybody's converting over to springs. But the the, the AR is a is actually, I don't have too many problems with that. And then uh, Road Racer 3R says, sorry I'm late. Not sure if it's needed to ask, but how's the Tenere build coming? Uh, it's coming along i i got a new part for it a new big part for today i've done a little bit of riding since i did my last thing and we have some questions so i'll get to that a little bit a little bit later but uh yeah it's coming good i I just wish it's finally cooling down it's finally down to where it's tolerable to go riding and uh so i'll probably get a little bit more on that on that particular bike been on the computer too much yeah yeah all day today yeah Got any more in the chat there that we need to look at? Yeah, Stephen Stanton says, what's your go-to for chain maintenance? I like to have a chain that doesn't require maintenance. There you go. Yeah, I start with a good O-ring chain, um, you know, a name brand, a good quality chain. You're going to, you're probably going to save yourself 30% of the hassle just by doing that. It depends on where you live and what kind of conditions you're at. Uh, the more abrasive the dirt in the ground is, the harder it's going to be on any chain, and it just gets exponential on lower-quality chains. So that kind of being said, there's not a lot you can do about the stuff being abrasive, but if you do have a DDC sprocket, like that one right there, uh, DDC, one of the uh, the original sponsors of the show, if you have a nice stainless steel sprocket uh, that's super lightweight for being stainless steel, that pretty much, I, I would say the... In our conditions, they last forever, but even in abrasive conditions, uh, they last longer. If you have a good quality sprocket, good quality stain, you're going to get extra life. Your maintenance is minimized. But what I do recommend is that you keep it from uh, corrosion. So I like to keep like a either a lube or a... Uh, rust penetrant or water displacing something or other on a chain. And if I, and if I had a sponsor, I'd be pimping their chain lube right now. Cause there's a lot of really good chain lubes out there, but you know, I could have thrown in a sponsor plug right now, no oil sponsors here. So use whatever you want. Uh, chain lube is better than no chain lube. Penetrant oil is better than no penetrant oil. Put it on the bike when you're done riding, when you get done riding, throw the bike up in the stand, lean it up the kickstand, put some stuff on it spin it and that's going to save you all of the the corrosion related problems that could arise from and that's that's 
Because it's warm, right? It's warm. warm. It, in your it opinion. sucks in a little bit. Yeah, you know, it'll get into the O-rings a little bit. And that way it doesn't sit and corrode. This the 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 chain lube, the whatever kind of protects it. And then when you go to ride again, it's it's dried on there, it's stuck on there, it's not gonna fling off, all these kind of things. Or you could go watch that other guy that does internet videos that says you should just put oil on it. Which is better than putting nothing on Don't it. Don't people like soak them in diesel and all kinds of stuff I've like s- that? People take them off and go through this whole process. How many bikes are out stuff. there, George? Are there 70 motorcycles out there? Here? Yeah. yeah. Oh, are there yeah, any of probably. them that have the chains off of them that are soaking, soaking oil in or hanging up? And, yeah. How many miles I mean, do could, those things get ridden? I mean, you collectively. You can spin out on any of these. I've been really neglectful with my chains. I never check spokes or anything. I'm just because stuff's so good these days. But I'm days. just and I just so you know, I don't fly off it's of stuff literally intentionally. So good. Um. Okay. Is George liberating some of the agave spirits, or is he out for good? No, I'm 301 or two days in. Oh, he might be going for a whole year, uh, Victor. He's he's uh, no you should, rules. You I should could try start it. tonight, but yeah, just decided one day I'd give it a try. I sleep better. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Flynn says, hello, George. It's good to see you. Hi, Flynn. I, do I know Flynn? I don't know. I think the same thing. It's good to see you, George. Good to see you, Jamie. Yeah. It's fun to be here. I was trying to get out of town before I saw you, but then I saw you, and you just yeah. kept talking <laughs> me into staying longer and longer. <laughs> Tried to turn and burn. Why does everybody hate the Explore Forks, says Jim Jarbush. I have them on my 18 Husqvarnish TE250. That's the white one. What's the problem? The problem is, is that some media and a lot of suspension tuners want to complain because bad news travels faster than good news. So, so the media, instead of actually taking the time to make sure they have the right springs in them and to make sure the oil level's right and to actually play with the clickers, they go, the fork sucks. And these media, they shouldn't be media, but because they don't test things, they just ride it and. But they have followers. They reach a lot of people. Lots of followers. Problem with everything now. So they they say this, and then the suspension tuners love it because then it's like, oh yeah, I can fix it. And there's guys that know how to do stuff with those that can fix them, and there's other guys that basically take them apart, probably put the right fork fork springs in them, the right oil level in them, maybe change a shim or two. Which, like, good God, if you can feel it. If you haven't adjusted, you spent a lot of time adjusting your clickers and telling your suspension tuner what you want, you just said, make it better, bring your forks to me. I'll make them better. Give you a thousand bucks. A thousand bucks. Clickers and a ride thousand. Around. I guarantee. You'll, you'll I will, ride it out in the front yard. I will there. guarantee. I can, and I can do it. You can't watch. You cannot <laughs> watch what I do. You'll stand on the other side of the building, but I can do it faster than any suspension tuner. I can get your forks turned around. You bring the bike in and probably. I could probably do a really good job in four to six minutes and I'll give you your bike back thousand bucks guaranteed. And if it doesn't work, if you bring your bike here and I do your forks, your whatever kind of, it doesn't matter what forks, just any forks. I can do any of them. You bring it back, flip it around and it, and I will give you 95% of your money back if it doesn't work better than when you let me touch that bike. So you four get a hundred bucks for four minutes or 95, maybe a 50, 50 bucks. <laughs> okay. 50 bucks. Something like, I don't know. I don't do I don't do math. No. Yeah. Okay, George, what's our let's, long let's, time ago we were in school, huh? Um it's it's Brian. It's Brian Love is Flynn. You know Brian Love? Brian Love. I I'd have to see a picture and put it into context. I'm terrible with names. Yeah. 
I gotta figure out which camera is is your camera. There you go. Questions. What'd you do? Put it on me? I yeah. don't know if I like that. Yeah, it's okay. So what are what's the topic of all these first ones here? Is there a topic there? Sorry, you're mid drink. No, we're just gonna we're just gonna run it straight up. Hey, Fast Company, www.fastco.com. Cole was on show number two oh two, talked a lot about handlebars. How to uh, get the right handlebar, how to communicate with Fast Company. If you'd like to get handlebars, they also make spoke wrenches, really cool brake clevises. This one right here is going to go on my YZ125 because I need to make it, I need to make it more tricker-ish. And they can mountain bike handlebars. I wonder if Jim has mountain bike handlebars on his bike. He's, oh, he's I don't a know, fast but company guy. I gotta tell you the the recluse uh yep. show and that fast company. Yeah are even making me well one we talked about it. i'm probably going to get a couple of those new recluses and throw them in my bikes to try them yeah but the listening to the fast company conversation you know i just never felt the need so i never drank that kool-aid mm-hmm. and but i might try them i might fool around with it a you little. should i actually just hop on one of my bikes that has it in there actually well, take every my, time i r- take, ride your bike take, i mean they're they're dialed I take mean, they're my dialed. 300 just take my 300 and just go ride around the yard put it like in fourth gear and go really slow around the yard and then take your 300 and put it in fourth gear and go really slow around the yard and you'll be on the phone and then same thing with all it's just like hey the only reason i know this stuff is because i test it and i spend time doing it and it's I wouldn't I wouldn't jabber about it unless it I really felt it was beneficial or would help. So cool. um get into these. How do I get my 14-year-old to give a damn about body position says JAS4? Well, you, you, that was the key. My 14-year-old. That's like how do I get my wife to do this? And your podcast I think was about some of that, wasn't it? With we Dave? just did, with just Dave. We yeah. just released a Better Rider uh, podcast with my buddy Dave Donatoni. We talked about the difficulties in teaching somebody that you care about, somebody that you're attached to, child, wife, girlfriend, uh, close friend. If you want to maintain a relationship with them, listen to that podcast and then send them to my school. But how do you get your 14 year old to give a damn about body position? Okay, here's what you do: take pictures of them and then tag them on their Instagram account or Twitter talk account. Take pictures of them, tag them on their Twitter account, and say, "Hey, look, this guy should go to Jimmy Lewis Off Road Training." That's www.jimmylewisoffroad.com if you want to be a better rider. And I promise you that your 14-year-old cannot do the drills in my basic rider course. So there's, so we have a basic rider course. It's 50 bucks. So spend 50 bucks on your kid. Come on, spend the 50 bucks. There's lessons, which you you watch online, you watch the videos, and then there's drills, and you take those, they take them on their phone, and then they, they, they learn how to do it, and then they go out and do the drill, they try to do it. That's when you videotape them, and then you tag them on the, on the like I was just talking about. It's, it's a secret. It's a, like, don't tell anybody. But uh, they will, at that point, and just say, look, look, Jimmy Lewis, like, he won the Baja 1000. Do you want to win the Baja 1000? Well, just, Listen to this guy. Yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, you you... You can't. There's a there's a uh, communications block in there somehow, and it's not a bad relationship or anything. It's just, you know, when we have like, if my wife comes to this class, I'm not supposed to talk to her. I don't let you. You know, we, I don't that's let, one I, of the I rules. I really separate husbands and wives. And actually, Better Rider episode number one, our very number one episode of Better Rider, it's me and my wife, and we talk about this. Yeah, because 
I mean, and poor Heather, thinking what she had to go through. I mean, she was, she's been with you listening to your nonsense. She was like I, 12 or something like that. I was allegedly, according to Racer <laughs> X magazine at the time, one of the best motorcycle riders in the world. Best all around motorcyclist in the <laughs> I world. I thought this you didn't a, like to talk about yourself. <laughs> Here we go again. Well, Let's I mean, you brought, <laughs> you brought it up. You brought it up. And 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 she didn't want oh, to I'm listen sorry. to how to be the best motorcycle rider in the world. Go ahead, fill it up, George. Just not like only half this time. So, anyways, uh, yeah, your fourteen year old will give a damn about potty position when it gets him or her more chicks or dudes or whatever they're into. That's when it's going to make a difference. Not because you think it matters. Send them my way. I'll I'll straighten them out. I'm 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 good for the I'm good for the. Going to make a difference when they have their aha moment and feel it. Something feels better. Hey, you know, I don't like talking about myself, but I sure do like to look at myself. And when I have double take mirrors on my motorcycle, most people think that I use those mirrors on my dual sport bikes to you know see what's behind me. But I actually face it at myself and just look at myself while I ride. That does not surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> Go to double take mirrors. Just search double take mirrors, and uh, if you need some of those suckers, give me a give me a jingle on the internet somehow or another, and I can get you a discount code. You should also have a hey, class my, on... my wife is in the chat, and she says, do you really want me to explain why I suffered all those years? Yeah, call in, talk about it for a minute. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, she, so she, it, so it's so that she could put herself in the position to support me in the lifestyle I've become yeah. accustomed to. <laughs> it worked out for Jimmy. Sorry, yeah. Heather. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, hit, hit another question over there. Okay, two-wheel two drive stroke. Six days ago, when I started riding last year, I never would have thought that I'd enjoy an hour-long show on the intricacies of a clutch. So he, too, is talking about that recluse show. So that's that's pretty neat. Right. Um, it, that's, you know, sometimes if you get into it, if you geek out on this stuff, if you want to hear about who's looking good and who went fast and stuff, then this isn't the show for you. But if you have a good technical question and we try to make it entertaining, th thank you. I, th I appreciate that. I, and, and I, and I know Mike does too. And I'm hopefully they come back for some little bit of advertising to make this show work because if it wasn't for companies like trail tech, for instance, they actually, we were putting up trail tech survey for the new boy. You know, they're, they're, they're working on a new GPS unit and they wanted to know what, riders felt about that and so they reach out to us and say hey can you share this information and you can participate in product testing just like i do every once in a while yeah i've been waiting to try one out for about three years i all you need is a ram ball buddy and i can clip that thing on there and, got, you, and, then, and then we can do buddy tracking george and then that way you can you can i got ram balls all over those bikes hey <laughs> next question question or comment the nine thousand six days ago Idea for show segment, because Jimmy solicited that, wondered uh -huh. in the 200th episode. A ride area mini review, i.e. Wasatch Range, Hatfield, McCoy, Octilo. Even ha uh, even if you have personally not been there, spend ten, 10 minutes talking all about the destination for riding. So why don't you spend 30 seconds right now talking about some epic destination of riding. I mean, you're not going to get any of that out of me. This is something I fundamentally disagree with. No, just generally in an no, area. No. You don't have to nope. rant about nope. that. Nope. No. The East Coast. Nope. That's not too. No. It, here's oh. here's here's my thing. This is the thing. It's so easy to share stuff. Like I'm sharing knowledge freely here, and because I, I want you to make something better. But everybody and their brother wants to know where the best place is. You know where the best place is? It's where 
Most people are not. And the minute you share that, the minute you give it away, you say, oh, I got the... And you might just want to tell one of your best friends or maybe two, but one of your best friends, like you're all my best friends. It's the only reason I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> all four of you. Is going to take... <laughs> you're going to take that information and you're going to tell 10 other people. And then two of those guys are going to tell everybody. And all of a sudden, the best area is now overcrowded, over... It took me work to find out the places that I go riding. And when I go to an area that's overcrowded, I don't go back there because it's overcrowded. I go find a new place and I don't talk about it. I don't share it. You should pride yourself in finding good areas and then make sure that the people that go there have earned the right to go there. In other words, they have either put work in on trails at other places. They're 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 smart about this. They're not just going to toss up their track logs onto the internet and say, go look at all these bitching trails and whatever. So, so it's, this is it's like two, it's you, you, you don't want to invite a bunch of consumers. You want productive people to show up and, and be good members. You know, it's, it's just like when you go to a shooting area and I promise you that 90% of the people that are shooting, maybe 95% of the people are shooting, pick up their trash and they're good, decent people. But it's that 5% that give everybody a bad air, bad reputation. And then they get kicked out of areas. And then the area, the new shooting area goes to crap. And it just, I, I'm just a consumer, Jimmy. Most of us are just consumers, but no, I, I I've heard that rant many times here I, before, and, and, and I get and so, it. And so, why don't it's, I why don't I talk about areas? It's, it's just for that. Number one, I want to set an example. It's a principle that I believe in, and I would I would love to share the places that I get to go and ride. And sometimes you get to see them through pictures, but I hope it motivates you to go out and find those spots on your own. And and if you spend as much time as I do riding in shitty areas, I ride a lot of crap to find where the good is. And as much crap as I've ridden in, because some places somebody said, oh, this is a great area to ride. And and I kind of went along with it and I went there and like, well, guess what? 8,000 other people found out it before I did, you know? And I get invited to go a lot riding in a lot of really cool places in unbelievable places, private property, just different areas, places that you dream of riding. I get invited to go there because I won't talk about it. So I'm going to call that national park syndrome. This is why I hate going to national parks now because they're just crowded with idiots trying to, you know, it's like four or five traffic the going through, or whatever. Go through Zion but, or Yellowstone. And, but and, I get that. But yeah, uh, it, it's, it's I'm not. You know what? You need to have places for stupid people that are consumers to go ride. You need to have those areas, and just leave them there. Well, let they're the, OHV parks. Let the animals. Let the animals. <laughs> and the people that want to look at the animals go to the zoo, and then you go over to the to the to the nice wildlife preserve where you can watch Somebody's and participate. Me because you've been uh, talking for too long. Talking too long, yeah. Okay, at Dean Simmons forty one oh one, my twenty two YZ four fifty FX has a hard time keeping up with my fan with the Tusk lithium battery. I hate push starting my bike. Thanks on. RMA TV, Rocky Mountain Adventure TV, the part number on the stator for the 22WR450 is different than the box in your video. Just order it, question mark. So I, so I got it a stator and flywheel from a 22WR. It looks identical. The flywheel has a different part number than the stock one. How do I know if it will produce more power without installing it and trying... I expect more lightning coil posts. Can you mix, mix and match regulators so, so, with stators? Yes. So, so the so there's di the, the he's talking about a post that Trevor did, I believe, and 
I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this because I didn't do it, but I think the WR flywheel has more magnets in it running around a similar stator. And that's what's producing the extra power. Don't, or I don't know if the parts are the same or different. I don't, I don't know. But if you mix and match those combinations, you get different power outputs. I don't, and I'm not, I'm not a, a, a physio-electrolysist or whatever they call those people. So can you put plug like a, a high output stator into a regular regulator? To a certain extent. And if you're, if you're drawing the power, it's not a problem. The minute you start trying to bleed that power off, it becomes problematic. But let's get back to the root issue. Is, is this thing, is it something he's doing to heat the bike up, you think? Or he says the fan won't keep No, up. no, he, he's, he's, or, he's, he's, <laughs> you want to know how to make that fan turn off? Learn how to use your clutch. That's where I was going. Uh, okay, yeah. that's number one. Just like, let's get to the root cause of the problem. But anyways, get so a recluse, maybe. It could. But usually people that slip their clutch all the time tend to slip their clutch even with the recluse in it because they keep doing it because they don't trust it. But if you, if it, you, you want to, that, that fan running all the time should not kill a battery on a, on a FX. I don't think that's what he said he had. It was an FX, right? Yeah. It shouldn't kill the battery on the FX. And, but you can check, get, get the bike running simple, get the bike running, get it hot, get the fan to come on, check how much power is going on the battery. If it's over 12.5 volts, you're good. If it's down to like 12.2, 12.3, you're running at a discharge. It's going to, it's going to become a, it's going to be a problem. Then you need to look into this kind of stator thing. And are you running other stuff? And, and I don't think the fan alone would cause that much of a problem because I think Yamaha actually sells a fan kit or, you know, it should have got a WR new, new WR. Awesome. My project bike. Hold on, I have a picture of my project bike someplace I was going to put up on the thing. We'll figure out if I can. Hey, find you this said thing. something really interesting once about power and stuff like that. No, nope, that's the new one. That's the twenty. That's going to be the twenty-four. You get to see that for a second, but uh, I might put it up there. Doesn't matter. So anyway, I, you said you were talking. We were talking about that the one recluse. time. I said something interesting. Yeah, once you were talking about the recluse, and you said. You can correct me if I'm wrong. What it, oh, the door it opened was that lowest end of the power band to you, sort of. It, it, the recluse it, it, clutch. The recluse clutch geeks with a manual clutch, you probably would have been very unlikely to test that low, 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 thumpity, thump, thump, thump part of the power band, maybe the lowest 2% of it. And it kind of opened up that door and made you aware. Yeah. Oh, there's still a that, lot of torque right there. That. It, it, yeah, it was pretty amazing. And this was a long time ago. This is 20, 20 some odd years ago that I learned this. But I thought that was a really good point. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's the scenario, says David Kessler. Uh, he's a senior vintage wanting to ride vintage motocross. Newest year model allowed is the year 2000. What would be your unicorn bike to compete on? Well, here's the scenario for me. <laughs> um your 2000 bikes, and I got a few of them, we've come a long ways. And if I had to compete on vintage motocross year 2000, uh, at this point, they're all the same. They're all so crappy compared to what we're currently riding today. YZ250, Yamaha YZ250 two-stroke. That's a good, you can get parts for them. There's still a lot of stuff that's really similar. Uh, do that. Perfect. Next one. 
at AR9029, five days ago. Glad you like doing the show. I think you guys do a good one. I'd say thank you, but I've been here. He's not talking about me oh, as thank one you. of yeah. the guys. I, I hopefully I push the thank you button on the on the YouTube reply comments. Okay, we we reply to YouTube comments at least one a week, once a week, at least twenty minutes before this show. At Cliff Bradford four six seven nine, I thought reed, reed valves were meant to help your engine run more gas efficient, meaning run longer because leftover fumes get recycled each combustion. So no gas gets wasted. Since when did revalves read read and I'm gonna read this how he put it. Since when did reed valves propose become power? Purpose, so, I think, is what he means. Yeah, did did so they they if you're talking about in four strokes. Oh, he's talking okay, so it's funny because that's on a video I made it as an April Fool's joke. Because everybody's pulling their reed valves out of their KTM intake systems. They're in, they're in a lot of the modern four-strokes. The, the Austrian bikes have a reed valve in the intake track behind the throttle body. So that was 100% put in there for one reason, for sound. It was in there for sound because it when the throttle body's open during a sound test, it blocks the sound wave from getting out of the airbox, which is the number one reason, eh, one of the top three reasons for bikes failing sound tests. So that was the reason. But the reason it was even tried is because guys were trying it a long time ago to make more power because essentially it was packing the intake track with a little bit more air instead of blowing it back out the opposite direction during high cam overlap moments in the... uh, Because when the motor's running at a certain point... It, There's a little bit of pushback through the, the intake valve. Right. And so it was actually, quote, a, a cheap supercharger, and it did make more power. It made more torque, and it made more it, – it it definitely helped. And the guys that knew this also, they, they just got put on a different task. But they said, hey, when we were doing that, it was a lot quieter. Let's try this. Uh, I, I want to get the guy who's kind of – there's two guys – the one that I definitely probably could get on this podcast that could come and explain this. And he's really busy working on something else. So it's a, so when did it become a power thing? It's always been known as a power thing. In fact, so I'm going to run this Jeff Fredette video that I have. Uh, I ran into a good, bu- good buddy, Jeff Fredette doing the motorcycle cannonball in a couple in uh, out in Las Vegas uh, a couple days ago. I shot a little video, a really cool interview with Jeff, and he was doing the motorcycle cannonball, and they were riding 100-year-old motorcycles, Harley-Davidson's, Indians, BMWs, mostly Harleys and Indians, bikes with two, three, five horsepower that they rode over the Rockies going across the country. The intake intakes on most of these bikes are suction intake valves. In other words, the valve spring is so light that just the suction of the piston going oh, down on the long stroke sucks the sucks the air and gas fuel mixture inside of it, and then the compression closes the valve. So there was this one really old bike, and he had all this. Uh, and Jeff kind of pointed out to me, he goes, "Hey, look at that! Go, oh, look at that!" And he had all this um, uh, reflective heat tape wrapped around it and stuff like that. And I go, oh, "Is that to kind of cool out, cool down the intake track?" And he goes, "He goes, look at the shape." I looked at it. Oh, he had a reed valve in it. Hmm. So he was he was using a reed valve to cheat the blowback from the valve. So it's nothing new. Nothing is new. And, then, and Jeff and I talk about this uh, really 
a, a little bit in this video as well that we get to. So uh, go ahead and uh, take a listen to this. Uh, it's it's like a twenty minute long interview, and there's some really cool. If you're if you're listening to this, if you want to see some awesome old bikes that just rode entirely across the country, and unfortunately, my good buddy Jeff made it to the last day on his nineteen, I think thirty. Oh, we talk about it in the in the video. Harley, he made it to the last day, and the bike gave up the ghost. It refused mm. to start, and uh, so. But this 20 minutes is going to play? It's going to play for 20 minutes. You're going to okay, take well, a little bit of a break. You shut go, you shut take, off my you mic. Can, you can take a nap. So I don't say something offensive. Oh, we can talk over the top of it. And then uh, and then we'll come back and uh, get to the rest of your questions. And uh, so here is uh, Jeff Redette, multi-million time ISDE rider, uh, a, a mentor to me. The guy was the king of the KDX 200. If you ever want to know about this, check out Fredette Racing Products uh online and here is jeff i'm here with jeff fredette we are at the uh, atomic motors and jeff is competing in the motorcycle cannonball yep he was supposed to ride a motorcycle with three horsepower yeah basically yeah and uh but you decided well your motors your three horsepower motorcycle blew up <laughs> yeah it uh, seized up the rear cylinder yeah so for those you don't know jeff has been racing motorcycles forever i used to race with him back in the days uh, he has Fredette Racing Products, yep. who, when there was a time when I was racing a KDX 200, and that was the place I turned to, to, I, I thought I knew how to make a KDX go fast, but Jeff <laughs> knew how to make it, well, not necessarily go fast, you know how to make it last. Last, exactly, that's what we do. And, uh, and so, but I was always competing against you, I was kind of a young kid, and he was a lot more established, and he was doing what I wanted to do when I was racing, I wanted to go do the International Six Day Enduro. Mm -hmm. You definitely had some experience doing it before, and then you continued to do it all the way till? Till 14 was my last year. Actually in Argentina uh, was my first DNF at six days, the 34th one. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, so that had to be painful. It was very painful. It was very painful, and actually it was a day when, you know, it was sunny, desert, you know, like what can possibly go wrong here, you know? Silt? Yeah, went right through the air filters. <laughs> we know a little bit about that. 100, 110 bikes dropped out in one day. Wow. Yeah, that, so, uh, that so happens. Yeah. What bike were you on that year? Uh, the KL, or the KX450. Okay, yep. KX450, and it, I mean, I still got pictures of it. The air cleaner was nine-tenths of a pound of dirt in it. Yeah, it uh, it happens. It's, yeah. it's, it's funny that... You know, that's just such an odd, it's so normal for us out here. Uh -huh. And I know in like six days when you're just running through special tests and stuff like that on trails, especially when you're farther back with, you know, in the club riders and stuff, it's just a silt rut. Right. I mean, there's, you're exactly. not, there's no getting out of it. And it, I mean, it just went right through the air filter. Yeah, there's there's oils that'll stop it, but those yeah. oils will also plug the filter, and and yeah. so it's kind of a it's a it's a it's it would have been better if it was plugged the plugged the filter than yeah. let it go through <laughs> exactly. So tell us tell yep. us uh, what you're doing here. So uh, we'll stick on the six eight. Oh, okay, yeah. So in fifteen, um, they needed uh, somebody needed to organize all the pits and all that stuff and that, and I had already been working with the team loading the trailer up to that point before that when when they moved it team trailer back to Toledo, Ohio, Right. when the Mastons took that over. So in uh, 15, I went over, uh, you know, for support, you know, prepping the trailer, inventorying the trailer, all that kind of stuff. Then in 16, they needed another technical person to go over because Mandy wasn't going, so got my son involved, and he's been going ever since. And okay. I mean, 
we really get into into supporting a team. So yeah, and this this goes all the way back to the, you know what Dave Bertram is doing the Ride to Win right. fund yep. and. I, I got I, I just say my timing was pretty good with when I went to six days because mm-hmm. there was there was some interest the magazines got interested in it of course I was doing a lot of photo modeling with magazines I, I, I when I found out it was six day five days of trail riding with the motocross race at the end uh-huh. that fit what I wanted to do right and so <laughs> but uh, I was lucky because they started actually getting some support for the, the the trophy team and the junior trophy team and so it made it possible for me to go over and, uh-huh. and do it I mean I did all what everybody does a little bit of fundraising right for um you know just with local clubs and mm-hmm. things and it was i mean even like today you hear the motocross guys saying they they lose money we've always lost money <laughs> going yeah, exactly. to do it exactly. you just did it to go represent your country and right. I, I still really respect what you guys are doing because now especially for like a club rider a regular guy you guys make it so much easier for them to go because there is a there's a workstation we've got you know the, tools the containers and, stuffed with stuff i mean paul cross went to actually argentina in 14 and uh you know he got there after everything was out of the can- container and he's like where'd all this stuff come from i go it comes out of that container i mean it's <laughs> packed like a sardine can i mean it is every little nook and cranny has got something in it for the team yeah, so no, it's that's really cool. But okay, so so off of so six now, days. So now we're back onto this here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so, what yeah, the heck, what the so, heck are you doing? So in eighteen in eighteen, the cannonball race actually, or rally or whatever you want to call it, came through twenty minutes from my house. So we went down and looked at it, and it's like, well, this is pretty cool, man. You gotta really keep the because we were there like for lunch break, and then we were there for the nighttime, and I mean it was getting dark out. I mean. There's people with, with lifts and, and their mechanics working on bikes, engines out of bikes. I mean, this happens every night at, at the pits. You know, there's, you know, wheels off, engines out. I mean, they're just completely rebuilding stuff at night so it's ready to go the next day. And I don't know, I got this warp thing in my head. It's like, well, that looks like interesting, fun. Riding somehow. all days than working on motorcycles <laughs> yeah, all night. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so I ended up, uh, ended up buying, a, I ended up buying a Douglas. Uh, off of the Mecham auction, which actually was from my town. There was a guy who had a probably 200 bike museum in my town. It was very low key and not too many people knew about it. And he passed away and everything went to Mecham and they, they wouldn't sell me nothing here oh. in Beecher. So it had to go all the way to, to Vegas. Vegas, yeah, come out here buy to get it, a motorcycle. Buy it and then I had to ship it all back. So I bought that one and it's like, I don't know, for every everything I own, I always, always have to have it two. So I bought another one in uh, in uh, 2020. That was rough. Yeah. And uh, so it's like I finally got that smuggled home. Um, so it sounds like something you picked up over in uh, overseas. Yeah, it was actually in England. <laughs> so this is off the off the record. Well, you put it you put it inside of a gear bag. That's the way we used to get our bikes <laughs> to six days, or at least the second one. <laughs> well, this, this is off the record. Yeah. But yeah. we uh, I bought it and and uh, one of the six day guys over in England they bought it they picked it up for me and then somehow it made it to France last year and then it got taken S- apart somehow, somehow yeah, yeah, some yeah. motorcycle parts showed yeah, up motor parts, exactly <laughs> and it, it's it's rough and I mean it, the, that was the one I was going to rally at this one here yeah. so I had gone through you know, I, basically in end of April 1st of May I just pretty much spent full time rebuilding that thing Yeah. so I had a lot of time and especially like the last two months it was a lot of late nights early mornings and and uh to have the thing break on this saturday before i was loading it it's just like ugh. how many how many 
like, I mean, because you guys are riding across country, so it's 3,000 miles, I guess. 3,800 miles. 3,800 miles. This rally is, yeah. Yeah, and so how many miles had you put on it previous to that? Uh, since I got it done, like, on Thursday before we were loading up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're just going to hop on a bike you just rebuilt, an, a bike from what year? 19, 1927. And just go 3,800 miles. You know, it's, it's like one of those things where it's like that's how I've pretty much done all my bikes and stuff. You know, you build them right, and it, it's, right. It, you know, but you're also talking more modern stuff, you know, and, and evidently, I guess it's it's kind of more notorious for the rear cylinder and those things to, to lock up because it doesn't get as much cooling and stuff. Yep. So I had roughly about an hour on it before I actually took it out on the road, and it, was, it seemed like it was running really good, and then all of a sudden it just... And, and how said, fast is that? You said it's not quite three horsepower. Yeah, it's, I don't know how it would have done on the hills. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have pedals, does it? No, it don't have no, pedals. No, those pedals. It's a it don't have pedals. Right? And it's actually a, it's a pretty frail motorcycle because it's, you know, the different countries in England, they had a, it, they sold it by this, the, by the horsepower. Yeah. And the weight. So this motorcycle was, was two and three quarters horsepower and under 200 pounds. So the tax rate on it was lower yeah. than the next size bigger bike. So this whole motorcycle only weighs weighs less than 200 pounds. Wow. I mean, I could physically lift the thing off the ground. And and what were, what were you expecting the top speed to be? Um, well, the other one that I had that was already kind of rebuilt, but it would have never made it anyway. I had that thing up to like 50 miles an hour on the flats. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I mean, it, it's cruising. It's got a three-speed transmission and stuff. So, And first gear was fairly low, so it's like, you know, it's like one of those little Kubota tractors and stuff. They do it all with gearing. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> we're, we're walking around looking at some of these things, just point out some of these bikes. You know, some of them have pedals, the Indians with pedals on yeah. them. Yep. Things like total loss oiling systems, um, you know, intakes, valves that suck. They don't even have a actuator. They have a push rod, right? Yeah, they suck in. Just, yep. It's just crazy. And you think you think anything's been done before. No, they've probably been doing it. And guys are literally still rolling in. They have till 6 o'clock yeah. to get here tonight. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's 519, and they're still rolling in. And how many tires are you going to be changing tonight? I got one to do tonight, for sure. <laughs> hit a pothole. It's on but a trailer, I guess. Interesting story. When <laughs> I really got to know Jeff, but where I really got to know and appreciate Jeff was in Germany at ISDE, because you were on the trophy team at the time, and I was probably just a club rider. Okay. And you stuck around when we came in, mm -hmm. and for who knows what reason you came over and I was doing my you know first tire change. This is remember the FIM tires that the oh, original yeah. ones, the big yeah. things that they were, with the big the big beat of river on the outside. Yeah, <laughs> and, so and they were so, yeah, so hard to change. They were right. literally hard to change. And you came over and I you know got down on my hands and knees and was doing what I normally do. And you came over and said, "Hold on, whoa!" And you literally were going to coach me through mm -hmm. doing the tire change. And we do them exactly the opposite. Like I think I. You you start or finish at the rim lock. You finish at the rim lock. Nowadays, I don't. I just you, start on the tire. Yeah, you start on the tire. <laughs> but, so I think back then, you finished at the rim lock, and I started at the rim lock, uh -huh. uh, and then the whole my whole process and everything, and then in the, the tube was offset 180. You know, the, where they put the, the tube in inside. Right. This is back before moose and all that stuff. Right, right. Um, 
but it was really interesting. You came over and you really wanted to help and you're really being super helpful yeah. and stuff, but it was like I was doing it all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and halfway through, I think I started to change. Like, well, yeah. you know, I, I said, maybe I should listen to him. I mean, this guy's done it more than me, but I, I still really remember that, vividly yeah. remember, remember kind of doing that. And then luckily... I kind of snapped back and said, hey, look, go with what you've practiced, go with what you know. Right. And I think yep. you realize that too. Yep. And then you're like, okay, yeah, you're doing good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. And so, but uh, yeah, now, now he's changing tires on 100-year-old yeah, bikes. They think I'm crazy because it's like at the at the riders meeting, it's like, because I, I did the chase two years ago and, and this guy spent all night trying to find a, a dealership that would change his flat tire. So I told Jason, the guy, the organizer for it, it's like, hey, have you ever got people that need a tire change? I'll change it. He goes, yeah what <laughs> he goes nobody wants to do tire changes you know and i'm i'm like no i love changing they're pretty, tires they're pretty easy i mean if you, if you learn if the you technique. know the basics of yeah. it and all that stuff which i've actually learned i've done two clincher tires already this week clincher tire a clincher tire which is completely different than tires i mean it's actually the the bead on it on the rim actually you know like like we got the the dish and a drop center and all that yeah. stuff yeah these things got a, it just, the, the, the metal just wraps over around the side, on both sides like that. And then the tube is made to fit in there. And, and the, the tire's on the outside almost? No, the tire's on the inside. Yeah. But it's inside there, and it's got such a big lip on it that it's almost like the rim band and everything is all made into one. And there's no bead in it, you know, there's no, no metal in it. Oh. So it's... Pretty stretchy? It's pretty floppy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't have a drip, drop center. And then they put 50 pounds of air in it to push that tire. Well, it sounds like a tubeless system. Tubeless, you know, the new tech tube. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> but not really. See, nothing's, nothing's new. <laughs> exactly. Nothing's new. But I guess, you know, I haven't heard of too many of them blowing off the rims. But usually what happens is they blow off the rims because it, it like, if they it were loses me, pressure, what's going to hold it? Well, that too. But I guess they, like, when they ride them, they get up to, like, 70 pounds. Oh, from, from the, the heat. heat. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's I, I'm learning on that that tire technique, but <laughs> but yeah, so you can always learn something new. Yeah, and so so after all these years of, of riding, you're driven back to riding stuff that I work on all day. That, yeah, that you get to work <laughs> on all day. I mean, I still I still miss that. I mean, now you see people they complain because like their yeah. fuel pump goes out or something, and, and it's right. like it's like what we, they they say is what we do at Tech Talk. We talk about motorcycle, motorcycle related yeah. products, and help people mm -hmm. and it's it's somebody will describe this thing and i'm like they describe in their bikes you know cutting out missing doing something i'm like what was the last thing you did to it oh well, i put this on it i go yeah. that's the problem that's that's 99 <laughs> percent. i mean I, you know because all i work on is kdx is this is like you know it's like hey i just rebuilt my bike and now it's doing this i go how did Power it run before how, how did it run beforehand <laughs> it ran fine i go okay and they're like well, well why ain't it running i go you just answered it. You worked on it, you know. And you got to be kind of polite and tell them that, you know, if it worked fine before you worked on it, and it ain't working now, evidently it's something that you did. And I don't know what it is you did. Yeah, yeah. Well, like know? it's top ends. Always people top in. They go clean their power valve. Yeah. Out. And I remember the old kips there. Yeah, the yeah. There. Getting it in yeah, right. Yeah, get the dots lined, lined up. up. And, and I haven't done one of those for years, but I still, I still remember. You still that. remember? Yep. Yep. I used to run those. I used to actually run those things that I think FMF was making them that would drop in that would just leave it open, the subports open oh. on those, just so it was. Yeah, it I, don't was, know, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I never. Or maybe that was maybe like this that. top secret thing. <laughs> it was probably top secret. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were they were good for that stuff. You know, it's so. Um, I need to know. Anyways, uh, so you have how many more days? 
Uh, we got three more days after today. And you, so, and, and so you, you after your bike broke, you were lucky because you were you had another old bike. Yeah, they, it's usually all of the the cannonballs been up to like ninety years old. So this year was up to nineteen thirty three was the newest bike you could have. But back in June, the entries were a little low, so they opened it up to forty threes. So luckily, I had a forty two Harley from doing the motorcycle chase. Yep, it fit into the. And so it's just like, on you know, load a different bike, you know, and, and it completely changed because I, I mean I had my trailer, you know, I was gonna have workbenches and you know presses and to rebuild your to rebuild Douglas. whatever whatever was gonna be, <laughs> you know, I want to be prepared for stuff, you know, you know, spare metal and all kinds of stuff. So we just converted everything to just throw the the Harley in the back of the pickup truck and drove it down to Virginia Beach. Yeah. Well, cool. I uh, I appreciate your time. I mean, it's it's yeah. awesome to see. I mean, yeah, I, you it, too. It, uh, we get to it's see been a long you. time. Yeah, it has. <laughs> and uh, you, I, I know you don't like the desert. <laughs> I'll tell you another story. Although I've been race, I raced in the desert back in the late '80s. Well, they used to have a desert national enduro out here. Yeah, that, and then they had that that uh, uh, best of the best in desert. No. The 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 Laughlin hair scrambles. Yeah, they had no. It was uh, it was like the whiskey peats. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. And it's just you're gonna, you're gonna, if you're going that way, you're gonna ride right by that. <laughs> now it's a hell-forsaken place <laughs> out in Gene Tri Lake Mendoza. Yeah, because actually... we the one year we raced out of one of them casinos right on the expressway, mm-hmm. and we went up into the hills over on the. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, three 125s were in the top three or five. Yeah, because Casey's Desert Races, you know, Casey yeah, folks pretty, from Best in Desert used to be really, really technical. Yeah. I actually won the Laughlin World Championship Hair Scrambles on a 125. Uh-huh. So it's the only person ever overall at uh, a Best in Desert Race on 125. Gotcha. But the, this is ancient history. I, I only talk about my racing on this show. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, That's the only way I can be but, really good back but then. <laughs> I, I, so I, I, we kind of we started talking, and like, I, I wanted to beat you on a KDX 200 because uh-huh. they switched... In the in when I started riding the the, uh, the the qualifiers, I was on a 125, and you dropped down to a KX 125. Okay. But for some reason, in the national enduros, you were still racing a KDX 200, 200 yeah. because you were riding double A, and I don't think the right. class mattered. Yep. And and I was a 125 guy in the desert, mm-hmm. and I think I just moved up to 250. And Kawasaki hated me for this because in the enduros, I would take my my girlfriend now wife's yep. KDX 200 and race it because I knew I, I'd done testing. I was faster on the Real 200 faster, right. than I was on my KX 250. Uh-huh. And they had a, a checkpoints or something put on a national hair and hound out there. And it was Lucerne. This is my backyard and, uh-huh. and all that stuff. And and I knew I'm racing a KX 200, just racing a KX 200. I want to beat him on his bike. <laughs> <laughs> and overall I did uh-huh. just by a couple spots. Gotcha. But it was, uh, I was still riding like just A class. So I was 250A. Uh-huh. Right. But uh, but anyways, that on was a 200. A, yeah, on a, yeah, on a 200. And you, you, you kind of had to come and check to see if I was on a 200, <laughs> but yep. that was I that that what a what a great bike. And so you're still doing for that racing products. Yeah, I mean that's all. That, well, summertime stuff is all KDX stuff. Yeah, I mean it's all KDX stuff. I got a couple, uh, you know, like parts unlimited still sells a lot of my parts that I make for all bikes. Yep. So they do the chain guides and the wrenches and stuff like that. And then uh, in a oh, winter, like yeah, I remember the wrenches, man. Yeah. You were early on making those multi-tool yeah. wrench things. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I, you know, back in the day, you know, back in the early days, I mean, we just welded shit together, you know, and just call it a rider's wrench. And then a buddy of mine got a laser and it's just like, whoa, I got exactly what you can make with that stuff, you know? So started going to that, but, but, uh, and then like, like, like now when I get back, I'm going to do probably about a month worth of dirt bike stuff. 
and then I switch over to building nice tires. Okay, yeah, because it's another thing you do ice yeah, racing, ice racing and stuff. Yeah. So it'll be a an all all you know all hands on deck because I get home basically I'm home for about three and a half four weeks, and then I go to Argentina. Yeah, so it's so like still in the six, two, still in, yeah. two more weeks of not being at the shop and then come back and have to hammer and jammer. And I will tell you, the last time I actually raced with you was at a with National Drive. I went back there for some KTM thing. We were uh-huh. riding them bikes, and I was probably on whatever the best KTM was at the time. Uh-huh. And you were riding the KLX 450. Uh-huh. K, it's KLX. KLR. KLX. KLX 450. Yeah, when they, they built the KX. Right. The, 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 the off-road The off-road line. version. Yeah, that was like, oh, seven... Eight, something like that. Yeah, you kicked my ass. You, I, I have no idea how, how many minutes, how, how you on that bike, uh-huh. on that, you know, how many. That was minutes. an awesome motorcycle. Yeah. I mean, well, it's it's like I I, yeah. I I I always thought it was a really good bike too. It just never kind of got where it never got it never got the it never got a good rap. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because it was kind of they said it was heavy and stuff, you know, but it was such a user fire friendly. Yeah. I know, easy, buddy. Easy smooth but, ride power. Yeah. There's a lot to this. That year when the, when they when they came out with that, my buddies like the guy. I raced at home all against, you know, he's always trying to beat me, always trying to beat me. He goes, ha you got to ride that this year. Well, that year, that year I rode the 450, I rode the 200, and then I had a, I think I had a KX250, you know, the four-stroker. Yeah. I rode all three of bikes, and I, and I still won the district riding three different kinds of bikes. <laughs> but he thought for sure, oh, you got to ride that 450, I'm going to kick your butt, you know. <laughs> nope, it didn't happen. <laughs> well, right on, Jeff. Have a fun yeah. couple last couple days on the, yeah. on the road. and uh, It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, good to good see you. catching up with Thanks. You. Yeah, yeah. Bye. The defending champion. The all-new Yamaha YZ450F. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. 
We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and knows meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Welcome back to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. I'm here with George. George is on the George mic. Yep. If George were smart, he would actually, you know, position his mic to show his sticker. What like, sticker? Your sticker. You're, they're oh, everywhere. It's on the side, yeah. Yeah, you yeah can, I got one here. Yeah. Maybe we should auction this off live. You think I, you know, somebody gave me $4.99 on the, on the, they did a, they did a YouTube donation thing. For a sticker? No, just for, because I gave <clears throat> I don't know because they like the show. I auctioned that sticker off for a thousand. It went for a thousand dollars in a fundraiser in a frame. Oh, that was a that, you framed somebody. Is I what you framed did. one, but yeah, you framed. Oh, it was a you, setup, but we got him. <laughs> you framed somebody. So Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. That was an awesome interview with Jeff Redette. If you are just tuning in, uh, Jeff Redette is the world famous KDX two hundred guy. Has been to a million ISDs. Lots of. Uh, history there and was doing the motorcycle cannonball i ran into him in las vegas when they were coming through and that was our little interview did we lose everybody are we still alive we it, there's no victor's got to be out there he's just drinking or something why would you do that night. yeah so uh <clears throat> we're gonna have trevor come on a little bit but george we're gonna go right back to the questions from the youtubes the internets the wherever they come from People leave us comments if you like it. Uh, yeah, push push the like button or whatever you're supposed to do to make us more internet fan. I'd like to see us get to twenty thousand on the on the YouTube. So subscribing. And don't forget to click through dirtbiketest.com and click on the Rocky Mountain links and all those Amazon oh, that's links been slow and do lately. that. I know because everybody's bikes last forever and I don't sell a lot of parts. Sometimes I forget, but then I always try and go back and order my stuff through that. So yeah, cool. Doesn't cost me anymore. Nope. Okay, Steve Smith, seven five six, two days ago. Lots of my buddies like the twenty two more than the twenty three. Just ask Dylan Ferrandis. So he's talking about the YZ450. I don't know which comment video. So I hopped on the 23, and I instantly liked it a lot more, but I didn't have a chance to play around with maps. And I know if I could play with maps, I would like it even more. And these the racers are all head cases, and they're all particular. And, you know, their bikes are not even close to stock. I mean, they might start out stock or close to there, and then they go off in these directions. But if you just look at the Honda Sierra 450... X, for instance, it was all those years. It was that carbureted, you know, bike, and then they went to the new one. And a lot of the high-profile guys did not like the new bike, and so there was there was a big. It was kind of it, it's just what you're used to and what's comfortable. And trust me, you regular person, you know, this is coming from a high-level racer. You know, guy, I did I 
racer somebody, was. Some, somebody told me that I should talk more about my racing <laughs> yeah, accolades here that, so that people... That's what you ought to do. Watch really? the numbers drop off there. They already dropped off because you said that. Uh, anyway. They dropped off because I said that. You need really? to ring the bell. When, well, it's a, I, I, what's every it time that? you say, I used to, we ought to ring the oh, bell yeah, like or the something. Yeah. Yeah. The I, um meter. Yeah. I, I, <clears> so, <throat> hey... You don't want what those guys are racing. You really, really, really don't want what those guys are racing. It's not for you. It, and don't, yeah, don't believe it. It's, you know, some things maybe you think is think better, but trust me, we, we're just, we just did a, we just did a test on a, on a Yamaha TTR 230 play bike, family bike, fun bike, full play bike, air cooled, four stroke, carbureted, all this stuff. It is heavy. You want to know all the beginner rider said? Felt stable. It's stable, and yeah. it, it felt light, and they could turn it. Where the bike that they were also on, a TTR 125, didn't turn as good, and it wasn't as stable, and it's way lighter. So when we're we're splitting hairs at this level, so yeah, go ahead. Uh, hey, I'm going to plow through a bunch of these. You and Dylan Frandis, go ahead and ride the old bike. Actually, Dylan doesn't have a ride right now <laughs> that we know of. At Paul Coverdale, 8312. Must be talking about the Cove or Cove. Mm-hmm. It was a Chinese Dakar bike that done so well. They decided to put it out on the open market here in the UK. They are gaining a real following. One, they are good. Two, the fuel. It's eight gallons for you guys in the States and 31 liters for us in the UK. Looks like it's going to be a giant killer from the reviews before 2024 shows here in UK and Europe. Enjoy, guys. All right. David Walker, 5795, 19 hours ago from when this was printed, I guess. Can you compare the vibrations of the Cove versus the T7 at highway speeds? Old guys here sensitive to the buzzies. Let me say, I'm going to guess you're talking two-cylinder, one-cylinder, right? The two cylinders in, in, be all, in all honesty, in all honesty, I didn't ride the Cove a ton on the highway, but when I did, it was not noticeable between the two bikes. You're feeling more vibration from the tires being out around the knobby type tires, uh, things like this, than you are from like buzz or vibration. That Cove was actually pretty damn good on the road. I mean, surprisingly, and it it didn't it didn't seem like it vibrated. There wasn't like the buzz or engine vibration you would kind of expect at normal speeds. If you started running it up into the 75 80 mile an hour range, yeah, I think there was a little bit of a little bit of vibration, but that's not where you should be riding that bike. I mean, if you want to go that fast, when you start going 75 and 80, you're looking at an extra cylinder, you're looking at some bigger displacement. Now, now my 640, I think, buzzes and vibrates pretty good. It starts from the minute when you start running. it up. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. You can and, put it on the side it just stand gets worse. and it'll actually walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Bikes today are not even close to that. Not in yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, good. Okay. Uh, two UZFE 4 by 43 publicly subscribed seven months ago, seven hours ago. Would you take this over the cove for a one size fits most? Everything from commuting to desert to longer adventure rides, dirt and single track, even night desert race maybe. What's he referring to? Would you take this over the cove? Uh, he must. He's talking about Yamaha WR450. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure we may have answered this one before, but the minute you say race, just take the cove out of the equation unless you're going to do rally racing, unless you want to spend a little bit extra money on setting it up. Cove is an adventure slash dual sport bike. Light adventure, Light dual sport, we'll call it. It's a great bike, not a race bike. I rode it like a race bike, and it bottomed out, and it was like it's heavy, and all the stuff comes to the front. Don't 
don't do that. They they sell a race one. I don't know how much different it is because I haven't ridden it. But yeah, once you start getting more competition, yeah, go with a bike that's set up for it, especially the Yamaha WR450 uh, that I have, and I'm doing working on a on a thing. Okay, at SLFYSH, Slayfish or something. Slayfish, I don't know. Slayfish. Publicly subscribed a day ago. Wow. Been a longtime follower. That's it's a, it's crazy <clears throat> that you publicly subscribed because everybody yeah. else subscribes Why does it say in the that? closet. Because they subscribe in the closet. Six hours ago. Oh, you edited. Edited six hours ago. Fair to judge after writing it, but the description of a perception of being junk is not an unfair bias. But based on experience, exclamation point, all Chinese bikes, caps, have been comparative junk. Chinese making better, better bikes helps us all, forcing competition to up their game. Just Correct. a comment. We don't even need to comment on it. Nope. Snoop, Snooper Motor, seven, two, three, four hours ago. Hey, Tyler. Wait a minute. Hold on. Just hold on. Uh, Carrie says it's $2 for the sticker. Two dollars? Yeah, she's gonna bid two dollars. No, I mean she's selling them for two dollars. Oh, okay. Does she have a stack or something like that? Oh, they're all over the place. Yeah, I ordered like five hundred more, and then I found two hundred or something. <laughs> okay, so uh, hit up uh, <clears throat> Carrie on Facebook, and she will uh, take care of your uh, needs. Actually, speaking of that, um, these T-shirts. Uh, I'm two days away from having my form done, and Mark Daniels can attest that it, it will take some time, but I will get you these shirts because this podcast is. It's on life support. It's barely working. I don't even know how much ad dollars we have coming in. I, I barely get out of bed in the morning to do this, but I'm going to become a T-shirt company, and I'm going to sell this T-shirt to make my first, you know, 120 grand. I think because, you know, every – that's the thing. It's like it's all about the merch. I've checked with the Instagram. I go on the Insta – no, wait, the you – I go on the you, you Influencers Forum, and they say you got to have merch. So my merch store is coming. Check it out. Yeah, uh, like the uh, stuff – Ricky ordered it. it was all Ricky Barbeck or Ricky something. Barbeck, like, yeah. yeah, they they got the R and the A mixed those are, up. Anyway. Are those for sale? There, I, I have ones. one. There oh, might a, they might be limited edition. Limited Barbecks. Barbeck shirts. Yeah, I'll I'll auction that off too. Okay, good. Hey, yeah. at Snooper Moto seven two three. That guy ruined my life because I you, Snooper Motor or Barbeck. No, Barbeck did because I used to be like the the highest placing American at Dakar Rally. You know, that's a big rally race that I did. I was kind of. I mean, people sometimes, like the old guys that remember this, but like he did better than me, and then I'm like nothing. Yeah, but you're the guy that so helped I, him there. I don't like to talk about you it. You know, as you age, Jimmy, I can say this from experience, you just got to let the kids take it over. They're better, they're faster, they're stronger. You know, they won't believe what Hey, if they put any real navigation. Old guys did. If they put any real navigation in those rallies, like back in my day, you know, back when you used to use the compass and the TikTok clock. Yeah, it wasn't just a glamping get-together. Yeah, where they yeah. all ride around in motorhomes and stuff. I yeah. mean, I could kick their ass. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Living in the dirt. Oh, at Snooper Motor 723, Tyler slash Everride sent me. Great review. Subbed. So Everride reposted his co-review last night and gave so much praise to Jimmy and Matt. That's what Mark's telling me. Oh, cool. I, I, I Like I said, I, I, if I could keep up, send me a link, direct link to this, like at the time frame or something so I can watch it and... Just <laughs> send me that, and then send me the ones that are telling pe- me that I'm full of shit, because those are the ones I'll... Because, like, you know... Yeah, you'll hum- read all that. We're humans. I'll, I'll just <clears throat> go straight to the stuff where they talk bad about me, and then I'll then I'll stew on it, and then I'll come back. Like a like a Tacosaurus Rex. I'll just, yeah. I'll just attack them. Hold on. Ugh. 
yeah, go come after me because I'm a motorcycle journal YouTube influencer. Okay, Thomas Caldwell, 184, four hours ago. Damn, it's like sitting down and having a chat with a le- legend. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I'll take credit for that. Yeah, Thank you. I, I Thank like you. to bring legends on my show. That's why yeah. George is here. Yeah. Yeah. I could tell you some things I'm legendary for. <laughs> Simon. You have a gold medal. Yes, I do. Simon Lemaire, 392, four hours ago. Any idea how it would compare to the AJP PR7? So are you familiar with that at all? I just a, a Googled it. It's one. It's a knockoff bike or something. So it's a it's a Portuguese built. Um, it's not a knockoff. It's actually AJP kind of makes their own things. They use some existing parts and they piece it together into something. AJP kind of had what would have been a Kove uh Five or seven years ago, they built this thing. Maybe not as much fuel tank capacity, but it sort of has the rally style. I've, I've ridden one around very briefly. It was Linden from Seat Concepts. It was one of his bikes. It's extremely heavy, very torquey. I wouldn't say it's super performance-oriented. The weight was very, very noticeable to me, maybe more so than just making the bike stable. So I don't have enough time on it to compare it, but I think they're definitely different bikes. AJP has reached out to us lately and said, hey, would you like to come and test and ride our bikes? And we are interested because they do have some interesting offerings in their line, especially some, they have some, we'll call them air-cooled bikes that have decent suspension. So it's kind of a a higher performance play bike that I think there's a big need for now because a lot of people got into this motorcycle thing during COVID and they didn't know what they were getting into and they bought the wrong thing. Let it too much or too little. And some of these bikes out there might be the right thing, but again, all you get is uh, you have to you have to give one to an Instafluencer guy, and then he just says it's great and shoots some hot photos, and he says, yeah. And if if they put their girlfriend on them that has some, um... hey uh, Trevor, welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Hold on, why aren't you coming? I got you plugged in here. Why aren't you coming through the? The, the the phones volume down or something i can i can hear you here but why can't i hear you just hold them up to the microphone <laughs> i could do that but that's like a janky way to do it and then he can't hear the what's show. not janky about this uh this is a professional pod show let's see here you there trevor hello i'm here good i was just about ready oh, to start talking him. about how if you put boobs on your internet channels you get more views that could be a possibility. Right. Okay. So can you can you be the the guy in charge of the boobs on the dirt bike test channel? Because I'd feel much better if it wasn't uh, me doing it. I don't. He's just on the phone. We don't have video of him. No. Because I kind of like it when he's in his bedroom and his mom's yelling at him to get out there or something <laughs> or get off the phone. It's getting late or it's usually, something. It's usually his little brother yelling at the video game and his sister trying to club him over the head yeah. with a baseball bat. See, I heard something there. Yeah. Somebody's yelling at him. Uh, okay, so did I answer that question? <laughs> yes, no, did, George. Hello. You, you took the phone away to yell back You're, at somebody. Somebody, somebody's yelling at your phone. Or are you going to go outside? Stay are you safe, Trevor? Yeah, Signal. Tra- tap twice on the tap twice yeah, on the phone if you you're can safe. Hear us? If you're being attacked, tap once. Yeah. Okay. Good. If you can hear us, then we're okay. Okay. Good. Um, you're, you just you just hold on for a second. T- tell your family to shut the hell up and respect your uh, your current job description of being a uh, guest on a very famous motorcycle podcast. Yeah, that's what it is. When are you moving out? You know what? I gotta. I'll, I'll rent you a place out here real cheap, and you don't have to deal with all that home shit. 
<laughs> yeah, he'll give you a place to stay, and then you'll get paid even less. You think that's going to work out? Yeah, you can fit dents out here. It's a lot closer to hail damage, and he's got a truck he can practice on. So okay, well, let's get let's get back to the show. Uh, Trevor Hunter, uh, I'm going to put up a picture yep. of a Yamaha YZ250 in action on the thing. How can you talk about the bike? Or are we under embargo? Uh, embargo lifted at four o'clock this, this afternoon. Oh, so we're free. So Don Maeda already has the full test, as if he's ridden it for many years up on trans. What he's not? He's trans moto gender cross. Thing. something like that okay that's because it's popular now it's, it's popular. popular yeah you got you, you you go all ways from motocross to enduro it's like rattle this. off what's on this embargo that got out of it. what's out there no it's what do you know about it's it? over well yeah tell us about it what do you what's how well let's see yamaha just start out straight up trevor you used to be a shill for yamaha now now you ride everything but yamaha's <laughs> I'm trying to expand my horizons, but every time I go in front of Yamaha, I just keep coming back. Uh, so it's a good, the bike's good. Uh, yes and no. Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> is it as good? Could you get it whipped like me? That's a, that's a, picture. I could, that's a picture of me whipping a YZ250. Of course, it has two less strokes than that one, probably weighs more. But, uh, you know, I was a little bit, you know, near your age at that time. Amazing what tipping the camera to the side will do for a photo. Oh, Chris Holtner never tilted the camera. Look at the oh, – oh, give me – hold on a second here. <laughs> Look at back the here. trees. Look, Look at, at this. the trees. Look at that. It's Look just, at the trees. You know, we didn't spend – That's Photoshop for when you had to cut all the way around that image on the motorcycle. We didn't spend four hours that. digging that tree out of the ground and then orientating it back yeah, to the horizon to make it over. look more radical. Okay. No, just don't <laughs> give me a – Trevor, did you see what I just held up to the camera? I'm not. I, I'm not watching right now. Oh, I know. Oh, okay. no, I don't know why anybody it's a would. Jimmy shot. <laughs> okay, so I'd watch so, for George. Okay, there so so the bike is good. The, the, okay, tell us the the three best things about the new YZ250F. Start with the motor because that's always the number one. Uh, well, that's kind of where it's different. Oh, things went sideways. You there? Yeah, I'm here. We can hear okay. you. Yep. Um, yeah, so like when the first bikes hit the track and everyone was bogging and the bike was falling on its face and this and that, I thought, oh my gosh, they just ruined this motor. They just ruined the best 250F motor, in my opinion. <laughs> but once everyone kind of started like, riding the more aggressive, it came around. And then as soon as they started changing mapping, was the biggest change, was the biggest thing that help that bike wait a minute so so when you took off when everybody took off out on the track you're saying everybody's yep. bogging yep it okay now this is strange because i'm, I'm going to tell you straight up that the manufacturers do not they they were out there last week with the bike with a bike or two riding them around making sure that everything worked good and if the bike is bogging do they get a bad load of gas did no. you said they changed well, the jet the tuning didn't they uh, so I guess uh, Paris thought it was a 450 intro, not a 250 intro. And they so ripped, ripped it, it like, super, super deep, and like way. I think that was 
that's part of the reason. But just with the new, they actually they didn't change really anything in the motor, just yeah. like the camming, the timing chain for durability reasons. But right. other this than is, that, this the is, only difference. Yeah, hey, hey, Yamaha is a sponsor of this show, so there was no way I would ever even <laughs> stage this segment. To have them bog, like you're saying the bikes bog. But, okay, here's the quality. Okay, here's the quality of test riders that are out there, and you're included in this, by the way. It's like mm-hmm. you should have said, you shouldn't have never said that the bike bogged. You said in the beginning, the track was ripped really deep, which made a lot of the lesser test riders think that the bike was boggy because those pussies never ride 250Fs and they don't know how to turn the throttle farther. But us at Dirt Bike (laughs) Test, we turn the throttle like it's supposed to. And the Yamaha with class-leading torque and power delivery was able to pull right through it while the other guys were like not knowing what was going on. That's your shield. That's your shield spill. Tyler Bellinap was one of the the problems. That's the issue. Tyler. Does he know that mm-hmm. I actually qualified for a motocross national before? He wouldn't believe that. He needs well, video proof. <laughs> video proof? There we go, Jimmy, talking about his racing again. Tell us more about the bike. <laughs> okay, so the engine sucks. Now let's get on to the chassis. It's a new chassis. It's it's basically no. they, took, they took the YZ450 chassis and dropped the 250 motor into it. And, of course, since you're putting a 250 motor in a 450 chassis, which nobody has ever done before, that's not a thing that they've ever done. But, okay, so Yamaha did this because the 450 chassis is so good. And now since it's a big, heavy 450 chassis, it makes the motor suck. How does the chassis work? Because we all know that slow bikes usually handle really good. George overserved me tonight. Motor doesn't. <laughs> motor definitely doesn't suck, but uh, chassis felt really good today. It's, it corners really well. Feels a lot lighter, more nimble. Which on a two fifty F, I think is I I value that more than like on a four fifty. On a four fifty, I probably would prefer a little more stable of a bike, but a two fifty F, it's nice to be able to throw it around a little bit more. Yep. And uh, so I really, really, we both really like the chassis today, especially out at Paris. There's a lot of tight corners and stuff. It's not super fast. So the chassis was definitely the highlight today. But going back to the motor, it didn't <laughs> suck. It just, <laughs> I know, with I'm just the stock it, mapping. Yeah. <laughs> with the stock mapping, you couldn't, like on the old bike, you could really, you could roll corners in third gear mm-hmm. and not really have much of an issue. Whereas with the new, all they did is intake and some different ECU mapping on the, with the new bike. And it's pretty crazy how different it felt. Like you, you had to be in second gear and through the corners and stuff. And like, if you tried to do third, you'd be have to clutch it a lot and this and that. You remember how I used to but, work at a magazine and I used to have to work with all these test riders at different times and things. So I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you, I'm going to, and that, the reason I do this in publicly and stuff is because this is what really goes on. So if I were in, the guy in charge and you're a test rider and stuff, and most of the guys that are in charge don't even know enough to do this, I would ask the question, <laughs> Trevor, when was the last time you rode a 250F? Uh, Tyler Belknap raced one 48 hours ago. Okay, no. When was the last time you rode a two? Tyler, Tyler, <coughs> I haven't talked to Tyler. I'm not talking. When was the last time you raced a... 250F, road to 250F. Because uh, all of Tyler's opinions are coming through you right let now. Let me let me tell you what I'm hearing. Are you are you trying to? Are, hey, let me 
say what I'm hearing. It's been a month or two since I've written one. So it's been I'll, a while. <laughs> so I'll tell you what I think I'm hearing. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Sounds like the power band is a little narrower and it's higher in the revs. Is that what you're kind of saying? With the stock mapping, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. But but, but also, also Trevor has been spending a lot of times on 450s. Right. And I remember when we first started doing 450s, Trevor didn't like 450s because they were too much no. power and you couldn't control them. And he wanted yep. he wanted to he wanted to rev his 450 and it's hard to do because they become a little bit uncontrollable. Now Trevor likes to go around the turns in third gear, like he just said, right. at a lower RPM, like you're supposed to on a four. Well, he's evolving. No, I'm getting lazy. Getting yeah, lazy. Getting older. And so, and so that technique on a two fifty gives you exactly what he just said. Bogging by comparison. That bike's not bogging. The bike is it's it's taking the load, but it's not responding at that RPM at a thing. Yes. So so what you usually do at that point, Trevor, as a as a highly experienced motorcycle tester and racer, you turn the throttle a little bit farther before you start, you know, letting the clutch out. But and he a, did that eventually. Yeah, it took a few more laps. He's not. But he was he's like everybody else. He wanted somebody to hand him a map that made the bike better. It's like give me the. Well, pill. yeah, that's what we live in. We live <laughs> in the day you get a pill, something hurts, you get a pill. <laughs> Something doesn't work right. You get it remapped. You change but it. But the suspension, your... Trevor, the suspension has to be perfect. It was pretty good. I made a couple of clicker changes to the forks, but other than that, it felt pretty good. Right. No uh, air forks. No nothing. Just good old KYB spring forks and spring shock. So, is if Dylan Ferrandis were to have to ride this bike, would he complain? Because we just had a question about this. Um. I don't know. He seems he likes to complain about a lot. It seems like, but the the only reason I didn't show I didn't up that intro complaint. today is because Damon Bradshaw was not out there. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to come out and hang out with the beast. <laughs> uh, who was out there? Ryan Villapoto was out there. Did you just smoke him a wheel. I I did pass him. I'm pretty sure we got on video. Oh, good. He might have been laid. Up, he might have been laid out in a rut, but I still passed him. <laughs> That's uh, that's awesome. So when uh, are, have you ha, ha, do you have the the riding impression done yet? Uh, no, because I went mountain bike riding instead. Uh, Don Maeda probably went mountain bike riding too. He probably had that thing done before he left the track, which he probably left at one o'clock. Yeah, I think so. Well, he, he just told his slaves to get on it and. He'll, he'll see it when it's on the website. Yeah. Making them money. But he's probably really nice to his slaves in person. Like, unlike me, who brings your, I call, <laughs> like to call you an indentured servant, and I like to bring you up on the show, like for a public lynching. But <laughs> um, so tomorrow morning, at, tomorrow morning when I wake up, I can wake up to this awesome impression up on video on Dirt Bike Test. Possibly. Possibly. What's Tyler doing? Possibly. Um, right, talking to his girlfriend or something. Hmm. Yeah. Tell him important he's gonna, stuff. Yeah, he's gonna have to. Be, he's gonna be going to AJP and uh, gas gas intros if he doesn't kind of click it up. Those top flight <laughs> Yamaha intros are no longer on the table. No. He should. He, he went should, to a Suzuki intro yesterday. Well, I know that's putting in the work. I guess. So, do we do we have content on that on dirt bike test, or do you have to write it all? Um. Or his dad's writing it for him. I think, I think Dad's handling that one. <laughs> so, did they ride Ken Roxon's bike? 
they were not allowed to ride Ken Rocks and Spike. But motocross action supported. got to? Everyone except for us, I think, got to ride Ken Rocks and Spike. I was a little disappointed in that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I think we're probably the only media outlet that really does anything with Suzuki's these days, but... Well, that's okay. They didn't get the chance. Yeah, well, you know, I wouldn't have stood for that back in my day, but you guys, you guys run it how you see fit. <laughs> I wasn't, um, I wasn't Bill, there. I was, I was stuck on it. And but. Bill O'Neill thinks that the only way we can do any better is to put more boobs on our site right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might work. Yeah. So, okay. Well, uh, thanks for that awesome ride report. Uh, basically, you're saying <laughs> that the bike is just su- how so. I saw guys riding YZ 125s and YZ 250s at the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Did you do that? I I missed that invite as well. Did our pit reporter get that invite? Uh, Logan. Yeah, whoever was there. Uh, no one, no one showed up for us. So, oh, maybe that's why we. What did he get? He got mugged on the way there. He had school. He said he had school. Oh, even though I think. Well, tell him journalism. If, yeah, tell him he can drop out of school, move out to Pahrump, live here for pretty cheap, and I can give him a uh, a schooling on how to be a journalist. Okay. Yeah, just let him know. It's on how to be a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Super Monkey did this back in the day. He started. He did it down in Mexico, though. So I'm pretty close. I'm in Pahrump. You're in Pahrump. Yeah. Anything else to add about that bike? Uh, no, once, uh, once I like retrained my brain to ride a 250F and replayed the mapping a little bit, it got a lot, lot better for me. Um, it's funny cause we changed, we put in a map and then the motor felt almost identical to last year's motor with just a, a mapping change. So it's kind of crazy how, I mean, it's something we already kind of knew, but it seems like a lot of people don't know is just how effective that GYTR app really is and it's free. So you can make you can make your motor run at the rev limiter and make all the power there, or you can make it almost like a 350 and make a lot of torque and bottom end power. All so with, so, so when people kind of quote started complaining, was Yamaha kind of ready with these maps? They had maps that were yeah. they so they knew. Yeah, yeah they had a, a Stevie map which was already pre-programmed into all the bikes. Uh-huh. And then they had another ma- uh, responsive map, which helped make me feel like last year's bike um, already ready to go. Can can you, make so sure, can, can you make sure you take pictures of those maps and put those in the test? Yeah, so, already so that people, the, Yeah, so that people can kind of see what the changes are? Because a lot of people, they just, oh, I just want this map, but they don't even know what the changes are. And, and it's interesting yep. to see what the changes are. Like one of the things I do on like the WRs, for instance, cause you have a, a standard map and then you have a mellow map. And one of the yeah. things I do spend time doing is I try to make the mellow map the same as the standard map. And you can't do it exactly cause there's, there's underlying things in there, but you can change some stuff to get them similar. And then you sort of know the differences between the two. And it's like, Oh, that's what it takes to make this one mellow. And then you can take that and, sort of add those numbers on top of the standard map and then you can quote make it in in some way shapes aggressive and mm-hmm. on the on the YZs there's a standard map and then you light the button up and then you get an aggressive map the so the underlying base maps are actually a little bit different 
Yeah. And no, so, they, well, on the motocross bikes, they're they're both the same, right? No, no, no. I believe that the underlying map and the on the light on mode, which is the it's an it's an aggressive map. So it has so or I you know, I don't know. I I, I would have to check. You'd have to ask this because there was a time when you pushed the yeah. button and it, and it was the underlying map was always different. They weren't exactly the same, but they may have changed this. I I would prefer that they didn't I was yeah, I would prefer that if they were exactly the same, and then then that way you could actually put two maps that are different in there, and you could feel the difference without some underlying stuff going on. I'll uh, I'll ask Stevie and see if maybe he would probably know. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good information. And if I'm wrong, please let me know and correct me so I can get that out there because they they have changed over the years. It's it's been. It's been different, but on my WRs, because you know WRs and FXs, they tend to have a standard and a less aggressive map, or they call it a traction map, sort of built in. And if they're if they're yeah. all if the maps are all based in zeros now, then you don't have to do this anymore. But on the WR, for sure, there's a there if it, with just the base maps, they're different. If they're all zeros, they're different. Yep. So, well, uh, awesome. So it was just you and Tyler out there today. Just us two. Yep. So some, so some some call it the A team. The A team. <laughs> the A team. Not right. sure uh, what that means, but you know, uh, I'm sure Tyler <laughs> calls it that. How's how's his race results been lately? Has he been he's been you know killing it? <sighs> I don't know about that. Yeah, I know a guy that knows how to train people when they don't know how to ride very well, even though they think they do. Probably needs some George he may, stickers. He may need some, some Jimmy stickers. Lewis training. Some yeah, George stickers. I'll have him riding around that circle till he pukes. I haven't seen my <laughs> stickers in any of your socials, so. Yeah. George, George, I need some new stickers. Well, I tried to get some to you here not a while ago. Did you ever get them? Did, was I supposed I to get them? I did not. Well, I'll leave some here somewhere. You can get yeah, them. he never shows up here. He, actually, the only reason he comes here is when his mooses and tires fail. And he shows send me up your address and I'll throw some in the mail. <laughs> hey, I, I, know, I, know, I know I don't like to talk about other people's racing, but didn't you do pretty well in the Silver State this weekend? Uh, yeah, we took the wins. Yeah. Ha- nice. Ha- so what happened to all the guys that were beating you? <laughs> uh, they didn't show up. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my gold medal story. Right. Well, you know, you get them how you take them. That's right. I mean, a win's a win, right? Yep. Yeah. I used to like to put myself in the arena where I was competing against the best riders in the world, Trevor. That's why I was a second and third in place guy, and I'll accept that. <laughs> well, I'll say uh, we made some progress on the 4DX Honda, so that was nice to nice to see, even What'd though there was no one to race against. But. Did you take the swing arm pivot bolt out? Because that's what most people would think you should do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we didn't try that one yet. Or did maybe, you just start racing a Yamaha YZ450 FX? That would be a dream. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, because everybody's asking, how come Trevor's not racing Yamahas anymore? Um, we're saving it to be nice and fresh for the 24-hour and try and go win that. The, the, the last year's YZ450 FX or the new one? No, the last one. Last one. But... And I know someone who may or may not have ridden a new one. Oh yeah, hey yeah. the the questions. There's some questions about the ignition that we had earlier in the show. Is mm-hmm. the is the stator the same and the flywheel is different between WR or they're both different? Uh, they're both different. Then then you evidently have the wrong part number on a box that you took a picture of in a in a in a test, according to one of our more astute viewers. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. 
So it was on it was on the YouTube they, comments. You might want to go in there and or the I don't know, someplace they were asking questions about this. Okay, I'll go and check it out. Yeah. Do do the uh do the homework. But anyways, uh anything else you need you like to report on this uh very famous well-reviewed podcast po- quite possibly the best podcast about motorcycle and motorcycle parts that's on the air right now being broadcast oh, for from sure Peru. it's the best one right now right from now? this location from this location yeah, yeah. I, i'd guarantee that yeah anything else you'd like to pump out there you want to list off your sponsors or anything trevor um we concluded the part two of our 450 shootout and we have a we have a winner dude okay so you sent me listen to this so trevor sent me like this kind of janky spreadsheet that he put together with like some numbers on it it looked like a giant tie and it's the one of them said ktm we had a ktm we had a ktm who who not from not from yeah who who do we borrow this from because you know ktm won't give us test bikes anymore because they don't like trevor no uh we use todd davis's Personal okay. bike. So we had a KTM yeah. in there, which is like it's like a gas gas or or the white ones, whatever those are called. Yeah. And, and okay, so what one? The Yamaha. No surprise. It was. I would I'm not surprised. <laughs> but it was so it was basically super close. It was like I literally if one person would have flipped their scores, it would have switched to something been, else. It was so yeah. what? So just for anybody that's listening, what Trevor did was took all the the 450 off road bikes, the FX, like the YZ 450 FX, the Honda CR 450 RX, uh, the KTM, whatever they call that thing, and the Kawasaki KXX. He took all those bikes and did kind of modifications based on what in our standard bike testing everybody complained about, and and it, even in the standard testing it was it was. It was pretty even when you collaborated all the scores, but the riders were very polar on yeah. what they liked stock. But now it seemed like everybody was closer. It was like it brought everything more to the center. Yes. You you fixed all of the you fixed all of the uh shortcomings of these motorcycles. Um yes and no. Some still had some issues that uh, I never saw, or I didn't feel, but other riders felt just because there are different, yeah, size different, shapes, uh, yeah, shapes and sizes and ages. <laughs> but then there was bike, or there was some stuff that I didn't like on other bikes that those same riders really liked. So it's kind of two this different. Is- like, like I said, this is why you're able to modify bikes. This is what you should, you know, when a bike you feel has a shortcoming, this is how you modify it, and then. Yeah. For the same same thing is like if you know if one person modifies it a certain direction, it might get better for them, but also worse forever others, and that's what it makes it so difficult. But if you go to www.dirtbiketest.com, uh, Trevor has put up is it's up there now, right? Videos? No, not yet. Not yet. Okay, that you're working not on yet. that right after you get done with the the YZ intro. Yes. Yeah. So by the by the yeah. time Jimmy gets this posted back on the internet, it'll probably be up there. Right? Yeah, by the time you're listening to this, you can go to so, www.dirtbiketest.com and you can read all about it like they used to say. So the four people watching now don't go right to dirtbiketest.com. Well, two but people already fell asleep. When you, when they, you, I was falling asleep a minute ago. Oh, we got to okay. keep it moving, Jimmy. You're okay. well, it's only, acting it's like only you're overserved 50. or something. 
Not even close. <clears throat> I'm a nearly. A, nearly We've got a lot of information to get through here. Oh, a lot of questions. Trevor, I, hey. I don't know. I, do you, have, yeah. you probably got my number, don't you? That's a hell I'll look. Of I'll, I'll text you and uh, get your address and just I'll mail you okay. something, an envelope or something. Hey, Trevor, can you stick around for some quick um, question roulette? Sure. Okay, yeah. we're going to burn through these okay, questions. Okay, at here. just some dude, 445, three hours ago, he says, had to flip a page. It's not the China-made lack of quality perception holding me back from buying this bike. He's talking about the Cove, Trevor. Uh, it's the straight-up sending my money to China to buy one part. That's the only thing holding me back. The spec sheet reads like a longtime dual sport sporter's wildest dream. Well, you're dealing with an importer somewhere here in the United Correct. States, I'm sure, when you buy the thing. You're not just clicking on something and transferring money to Hong Kong, are you? Well, it's all going to it's it's technically they think it's all going to China, which yeah, you know what it if it was so easy we'd be building dirt bikes here in the U.S. ATK tried it, uh, Avenger tried it, Cannondale tried it. Uh, uh, there's been a few, <laughs> you know. So it's it's just that's just the way it is. I mean, whether your money's going to China or Japan or Portugal or Austria or it's going someplace. Okay, at DZNNF7, two hours ago, groundbreaking content here. Taco Mike and Jay have some competition. Who's Jay? Uh, dirt Bike Test. Dirt Bike, dirt bike Channel. Jay okay. Has great. competition. We're competition. Trevor, so your, your, your tech tip on how to keep your white grips clean is yep. killing it compared to the, all that shit that um, Dirt Bike Channel puts out. Cool. MX Wizard at MX Wizard. Hey, publicly I, I, I'm going to challenge you, Trevor, right now. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I will do a tech video. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'm going to do it. And it's just going to be a quick little hit like that. I'll put it in the places or something. Mine will get twice as many views as whatever you do. <laughs> and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll, 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 I'll guarantee you that. And then I'll pay you double of what I pay you if it, if it is not true. Just put a George sticker in yours, Trevor, and you'll two, beat him. Two, two times zero is still zero. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> I didn't do math. Okay, MX Wizard publicly subscribed you a day ago. One hour ago, he says, how does the power compare to the Honda CRF 450RL? He's asking about the Cove. Actually, pretty similar. Maybe the Honda has 10% more. Okay, there you go. At Tom Butt Dino. At Thomas Quay Quay nine one one nine one hour ago. Some of this is probably just AI, huh? No. Responding. Do you think this bike would be too much for a rider who is new to off road riding but has street experience? Question mark. Or should I look at something more like a three hundred dual sport? No, a, yeah. Is the cove pretty high? Is it built like a rally bike? It's not that high, but yeah, it's it's a tall seat height motorcycle. And here's the thing with people that ride street bikes is they're so used to putting both feet on the ground because they're riding in this they're, they're trying to get your body in this giant little giant little this this compact little zone. They want you packed into the center so that the the bike handles better. Well, on a dirt bike, you don't even want to be touching the motorcycle when you ride it. You want to be hovering over it, floating over it. You want to be extended from the motorcycle. So that's why the seat heights can be high, and people go, well, I can't touch the ground. And I'm like, how much are you riding with your feet on the ground? That shouldn't really be a consideration. So 
But if you know how to operate a motorcycle, you know how to work the throttle, work the clutch, you can operate brakes, you understand motorcycle controls, it doesn't matter what you're on. They're all going to kind of work the same. If the seat height is your problem, then it's 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 a balance issue. You're you're tipping over all the time. You need to figure out how to work this. And if you're if you're short, you're like your inseam. You need to learn how to get your butt off the seat. Like my wife is. But you might want you talking to the king, the. My wife's five seven. King of the eight, at, at no most, maybe five six, and she rides bikes with forty inch seat heights. Adventure bikes with tall seats on it all day long. These are 500-pound motorcycles. She's not that strong. She's got bad knees, and she rides them just fine because she understands how to work it. So don't let the seat height scare you into something that you shouldn't be riding. You might have a ton of fun on a little tiny small bike. It might be okay, but don't don't be afraid of a bike because of the seat height. But with that said, for your question, I would say if you're just starting to get into off-road, Go to JimmyLewisOffRoad.com. Come get trained, but you might be more un, you might be more comfortable starting in a more traditional dirt I, bike I than to, stepping into a heavier. I dare you to take my beginner bike. riding. Take my beginner riding online course. You take this. Send me a couple yeah. videos of you doing the drills, and if if those drills don't work, I'll give you your money back. All forty nine dollars of it. Period. Okay. At you got anything on that, Trevor? Hey, Trevor Trevor's yeah, never take, taken the class, no, he should, has he? He needs to come out and try it. He chickens out. He's, yeah, I he, know. He thinks he's above it. I, I know. I know. I need to take that beginner class. <laughs> you need to take. You need to just come out and take the regular class. You, you'd blow. It wouldn't. It wouldn't do anything for like three or four months, and then you'll be riding, and you'll go, "Oh my god, that works!" Oh, holy crap! I've been doing that wrong all along. This this is what happens because this is what I do to myself. Wait wait till he looks over at Jim, and Jim's just standing there on his pegs where he stopped ten minutes ago, and Jimmy's <laughs> doing lecture, and Jim's just standing there, track standing the on his bike without moving the handlebars at all. You know he's not doing the trials yeah. thing. Anyway, that'll go. Oh, maybe there's something to this. Okay, R D I S S S S K T M six nine public subscribed a day ago, fourteen hours ago. He put. There's a pretty big difference between the old chassis and the new one on the 690. I guess in the U.S., the breaking point would be 2018. Same for the 701. I had a 690 2015 and tested my friend's 2018 701 that made that oh with a raid rally tower and was blown away by how balanced it was in comparison. Okay. So I, I think I don't know if they made a change or not. I don't know. I wasn't into that into that bike. I mean, it's got a great motor. It's actually really good at on road stuff. Whatever. The, the I did remember when I rode the one up at at last year up in um, Idaho. I rode the one with the big tank, the yeah. the long range, the husky, the seven hundred one with the husky tank, and I came back and I said, that thing works better than I remember. Remember I said this. Mm-hmm. I thought it was because they put that big tank on there and it changed the weight bias of the chassis. I didn't really get a chance to ride it aggressively and some other stuff, but yeah, maybe there's a change, but talk about, you know, the, the thing is you make the, the unicorn bike, you know what the unicorn bike does? It does nothing great at one thing. It does everything okay and nothing great. And that's what they're trying to do with that motorcycle. And 
it, it it was on it was right up in the front running for my worst bike ever. But the only reason it didn't even the only reason it didn't get there is because I've never had to work on one because I don't really want to ride one that much and I, I never had to work on it. And so I never spent that much time with it because I right away I identified like this thing has shortcomings in whether it's chassis or suspension and and a certain engine type that it's just it's just it can't break out of the shell. It's kind of stuck and confined to the shell. But uh, good. Thanks for subscribing. We will enjoy your subscription. At Digital Sam TV wrote a day ago, why this over the Honda CRF 450L? He's talking about the Cove. The why Cove. that over a 450L? Well, four. I mean, fuel tank about, and all about, that About stuff. four gallons of gas. Yeah. Yeah. A little, you know, 10% less power, four gallons of gas. Uh, they're probably both made in the same place. What's the price point <laughs> difference? Do you know? Uh, similar. Similar price. Okay. Yeah. At Auto Fuerstein, one day ago, how often do you check the valve clearance? The manual says every 2,000 km or 30 hours. This specification destroys my dream of a perfect bike. Sad, uh, what is it, a, a colon and a, and a bracket, sad yeah. face. Normally, I buy a bike to ride it, not for maintenance. Okay, Trevor, um, how much are you checking the valves on your, whatever you're racing, the Honda? For instance, uh, the R or the X, yeah. Uh, they were just checked after Vegas to Reno, and one of them was a little tight. Okay, and so so you are checking that. How many how many hours do you think uh, was on that? How many hours was was on that <laughs> before you checked it? Uh, I would five twenty five forty. Um, close to like hundred race miles. A hundred plus race another hundred test. Okay, eight so. hundred race miles plus another hundred test miles. So probably a thousand miles ringing the neck out of this thing. Well, you, you might have you know. Yes. So maybe maybe you actually checked it within the the specif- the required specification. But like my five hundred, it calls for these kind of yeah tolerances. It, and what do we have? Five hundred and something hours on it. And we, I'll say, I took, I took the, I, the, the rocker gasket was leaking. It looked like the, uh, what, what did Victor call it? The uh, something, the the donut fryer or funnel cake fryer at the L.A. County Fair. That's what my motor looked like. So I finally changed it. It wasn't we checked even that it. bad. We checked it, and one exhaust valve was like within specs, but kind of on one end. So you threw a shim, you change a shim. It was enough. It was enough. We were like, we got this thing. You did half of the work. Let's just do it. Don't the, the manuals never being checked. Yeah. I've got, I've got a bunch of them in there that I just rarely check. The only reason I check them, if something starts going wrong, you know, like they, they, they become hard starting or something weird. like Start talking to you. Yeah. They make some noise or they get hard starting. And, and, but I mean, you, you really don't check things you know, you're racing them at the Trevor's racing them at the highest level. I'm riding the crap out of mine just for fun. And you kind of do it when you need to, but the manual numbers, if you want to like I don't know. It's just I, I don't think we rode yeah. it. So we rode it. I don't even know how many hours we put on it when we rode back. I never really calculated it out. Probably let's see. Four. Well, I know one day was sixteen hours, but you know, we're talking there was there had to be forty five hours on it. I think at some point you never checked, never even thought crossed my you, mind. You you raise the likelihood of a human error failure 
by opening and closing and motors more than if you just let it talk to you and go in there when there's a problem, you know? Yeah. And, and engineers, like you say, lawyers write all those manual specs. For the stuff. most part. And engineers like the tank, like to tinker, like to do that kind of stuff and obsess over it. And that's fine, but you don't have to live by that. No, I, I don't, I don't. Yeah. I think it's more of, you know, just kind of be smart. And yeah, the, the manuals, if if you want to be super analytical anal about it, go ahead, but just do what you need to do. You, were you going to, did you have no, more words on that, Trevor? He's busy stuffing his face um, with pasta. What are you eating, Trevor? No, uh, some cereal. Cereal. Are <laughs> you doing breakfast cereal. right now? So you can stay up all night yeah. and work on your Yamaha 250 test? Exactly. Where you have to describe the motor that, you know, doesn't suck? <laughs> doesn't suck. Um, also, even like Jimmy, we rebuild that YZ250FX. And when I first brought it to you, with like almost 80 hours on the thing, uh, the valves were like perfect. With 80 hours on 250F, with a lot, you know, a lot of that's hard riding and racing too. So I think the modern four strokes in general are just so good these days that it's really not an issue where it was maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, I'm sure all that the alloys, the oils, and everything else is just improved over the you know 1960s utah desert racer wants to know what the link is to the um thing go to www.jimmylewisoffroad.com and just start clicking around i don't know where it is it's on the website you just you just click things and it's search tool it says, works really it says good. online courses yeah search jimmy lewis off-road online courses and you'll get to the you'll get to the thing and subscribe to the newsletter and you'll get the first uh Hint of when there's going to be a class. We got classes. Oh, they're online. Up. Yeah, they're they're on the website right now. We have classes, yeah. spots available. Trevor, you can sign up. Day when is it? Uh, October. Go to the website. 20, Come yeah, on, Trevor. Put your spoon down. Like that. Yeah. Put the bowl down. Uh, I'll yeah. be uh, I'll be in the middle of the 24 hour. But okay, then there's happens. one on November 3rd and 4th or something. You can come to that one. At Dave Denitis five days ago, he says. To be fair, how many of the other brands are made in China now? A lot of okay. them. Well, at least parts. Yeah. Quattro Bahina eight nine five four five days ago. By the way, this bike was probably built as a rally bike aimed at Dakar from the ground up. A key figure in the Cove Company, Zhang Zhu. I don't know if I pronounce that. It's common spelling. Yep. Was born in a poor family and had a had. And had hard time struggling to start his racing career. He's more of a hands-on blue-collar type of person and genuine dirt bike lunatic. His passion was definitely critical to the birth, birth of this project. China does have the technological ability to build a bike like this, as complicated as they are. Bikes cannot be much harder to produce than supersonic <coughs> fighter jets, can they? But the sounds, you, you asked if AI was writing yeah. stuff. That sounds like it grabbed a lot of a lot of text and specs. Yeah, but the manufacturers generally don't have the willingness and determination to do so. They also don't have the uh, buying power of a nation that's trying to defend itself to build the fighter jets. They're selling it to consumers. So, <laughs> for me, being built, this is him again. This is. Uh, Quattro, whatever, Bajinga Jang. Yeah. For me, being built with racing in mind largely explains why its quality reaches such an insane level. 
Okay, thanks. Yeah, good comment. Uh, Dan Krause says, Jimmy, if you do the merch thing, how about a Jimmy's Weird Hats for Ball Guys collection? <laughs> Shut up, Trevor. Hey, uh, for everybody out there, if you haven't read Monkey Butt, this is a required reading. Uh, this is by Rick Simon. This is a big, thick book. Look at how thick it is. It has big print for all you old dudes. But even you young cats should probably go read this book because I'm writing Monkey Butt 2, which is the continuation of this book. It's the second chapter. This is Tall Tales Bench Racing, an inside story 30 years in the sport. So Rick Simon tells you how Dirt Bike Magazine got started. Uh, and what went on with the uh, motorcycle media, and I'm going to write about the death of it. And I know that's available on Amazon, but make sure if you're going to buy it on Amazon that you click through by using dirtbiketest.com's wow. Amazon link yeah. and get your copy of Monkey Butt. Yeah, get your copy now. of Monkey Butt. Yeah. Okay. Great, see, great book. Corporal Andrew, six days ago, the, the Cove brought me to you. Great session, good info. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. At Roland Cooper 809, four days ago, I downloaded the Love 450, he said it, Love 450 Rally Owner's Manual from the USA website to find out maintenance specifications. I saw the oil changes were 2,000K, blah, 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 30 hours, and the valves checked at the same interval. Is that an extremely short interval for this type of engine? Also, only 1.6 liters of oil in the 1. engine. 1.6 liters of oil. Trevor, how much how much yeah. engine oil did you put in your Honda 450 that nearly that Eight, nearly won 800 the, cc's the, the, or ve something? the Vegas Torino, except it actually won the Vegas Torino because... The guy that was <laughs> that was supposedly racing the bike never got on the bike. How much oil was in that motor? <laughs> I want to say eleven hundred fifty cc's. Okay, so sixteen hundred is enough. Yeah, that's five. That's, that's five hundred. Five hundred more. more. That don't know. Yeah, we did that much math in school. Five hundred right? cc's is a lot of oil. If you haven't checked it out lately. <laughs> Anyway, then he goes on. Maybe this is more of the race bike than an adventure bike. Does it use premium fuel, 93 octane or better, question mark? What am I missing here? What are you missing? It, it, okay, Riding. So, That's what you're missing because you're, you're on missing. the fence. Get off the well, fence. You, you, guys are, you guys are downloading manuals, checking specs. And I get this. You're super into it and everything. It's just like. Uh, they probably watched a hundred different YouTube videos and somehow they came across mine. So when we rode it the whole time, yes, we put premium gas in it, except for the four or five times we came to gas stations that only had 87 octane and we poured that into it too. We're one of the few outlets that actually measured the fuel capacity. And, it, and if it pinged, you probably backed off the throttle a little, but it probably never pinged, right? I, I didn't hear it ping. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so Okay, at... Dion Oliveira, 4058, six days ago. The best way to take care of the cat is to take it off. Great review. Okay. So we didn't take the cat off because we are testing a motorcycle as provided to us by the manufacturer. Taking the cat off generally is going to affect something else upstream. So the more than likely the fuel ratio delivery and stuff that can't compensate for you cutting the cat off. Just like on your car, you cut the cat off on a car, it doesn't necessarily run better. Maybe on some old carbureted things and stuff like that, but these are all systems. And if I was going to start going to that level, and yes, if I wanted more performance, I would make sure the cat was not on that motorcycle. I, you know, if it was, I was tasting it in race conditions, it would, it would have a, you know, an, a respectable sound decibel muffler with, 
with a freer flowing exhaust. But we didn't test it like that. We tested it in the, its basically pre-production form. So no, didn't cut it off. At the Red Dirt Rider six days ago, how does it do for highway time? I think that's been asked and answers in a couple of shows. Uh, Watch to, the damn video. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like we talk about this on the video. I mean, we're not we're not road bike test. Yeah, we rode it on the dirt most of the time, but we do. We I show video of it riding down the road. We spent plenty of time on the highway. I mean, we did a significant number of miles on the highway. Time wise, it wasn't that much because the highway miles went by really quick. Even though it was like three hour stints to get, you know, down here and different things. But uh, hey, Trevor, are you glad you can answer all these questions? I know so much about these bikes. I know it's it, like, how come you don't do uh, motocross and in uh, Grand Prix District Thirty Seven, Big Six, Best in the Desert Talk Tuesday? Go compete with me. No one cares. No one cares. <laughs> Man, this next question at Thomas Squell ninety one whatever. It, it's the same. I don't think that was, yeah, it was. Same question, never mind. Now into the Tannery, apparently, at AZ Mountain Thumper. Arizona Mountain Thumper, a day ago. It's been edited. Would a G2 throttle tube help with your drivability issue? Now, is this Tannery? Yeah, it's the Tannery. I use I, one of my WR, one on my WR450LF to tame the twitchiness after going to the competition ECU, tuning the ECU and the G2 throttle tube soften the initial power delivery to my liking. Sounds like you may need to go the other direction, different cam on the throttle tube. So surprisingly enough, this is exactly what I did. I, I contacted G2. They make a more aggressive throttle pull wheel. So it's a, it's a really bitchin' billet aluminum with Teflon inserts throttle tube. And if you start talking about things that make a difference, it's things like this. You can't see this. You put a grip on it. You never know what's in there. But instead of being plastic, it's, it's aluminum. So it has less of a chance of cracking and breaking, although you can dent an aluminum throttle tube and it can become a little bit problematic. But as Teflon sliders inside there, it's a really nice piece. And they change the cam profile of the pull wheels on the throttle tube. So it actually, it's more aggressive. Does it work? I put it in there and I'm liking it, but I will tell you, I always thought that I was going to smooth power out by putting less aggressive throttle wheels in. And I did a bunch of stuff where I was always throwing these in there and it never seemed to help. When I put a more aggressive throttle tube in bikes that I thought had aggressive or snappy power, it actually mellowed them out. And puts more fuel on it quicker. This is, this is something. If, if this is causing you to, if your brain's spinning right now, ask a question in the comments. Go into the question in the comments, ask it, or especially on the YouTube video or the Facebook, mostly the YouTube video. Ask me to dive in because I can spend a little bit of time on there and it can really help you out with something that's kind of simple. You don't have to get into it, but I have one on my Tenere. I think I'm liking it, but the problem is I also have a different map DCU, and I have to go back to the stock one to get the, the problem I had to see if this corrects it without the ECU. So this is why we test one thing at a time, and now I'm testing two things at a time, and so I now have to undo one to, to test the other, vice versa. Was Is this throttle issue? Is this what? Remember when you jumped over oh, something and almost bit it? That's oh, what you're talking yes. about? Yes, yes, okay, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's yeah you it's, need to do a separate little deal just on that. That video problem. that video that you shot, it, got hasn't, got, like, the, it hasn't got 3.2 million, 3 million videos, likes. But it, it's in there. It's in it. Yeah, in. I shoot 
pretty good video. I'm Japanese, half Japanese. At Thomas Hogg. I thought you were Chinese because you're a lot cheaper. No. Okay. At Thomas Hogg, 7451, six days ago. Jimmy, could you please post the link? Come on with Google search. Could you please post the link to the homepage of the company who sells these flex handlebars? Fast Company, www.fastco.com. I'm going to make sure I'm going to check that thing. I uh, would have loved to have these on my bike during the last year's tour of Idaho. I suffered a lot of risks. Thomas. Thomas. Fastco.com. Just search Fast Company, Fastco, Flex Handlebars. Just search Jimmy's favorite handlebar. And it, it comes up and because I'm doing TikTok videos where I'm dancing with them kind of naked, but not really totally naked. And I put like bling on and I dance with them. All the stuff the kids are doing. At two-wheel drive stroke. The first episode, <laughs> 200 in a dancing row. dancing nearly naked. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, we got a disclaimer at the beginning because tonight's show was also the 200th episode, if you believe the intro printed stuff. But we're right. at 204, 203. Anyway, at Sean Casey, 790, five days ago, $4.99. Thanks. That must be the... Uh, Dirt bike school, huh? The videos? Yeah. Okay, at Roland Cooper, 809, four days ago. Sorry, posted on wrong taco Tuesday talk. This, this, <laughs> you're wrong for even watching this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wrong, so, yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure the other t Taco Tuesday is some chef guy that's like, you know, he's got a six, <laughs> six pack and he's all ripped out cooking tacos and stuff. I'm working on that. That's why we're on uh, Old Guys Moto Fitness, because everybody's wondering what I'm doing to keep myself in such awesome shape. But that's called the Jimbo Program, and you have to follow me on my personal Instagrams to figure out how that works. And that's where we are. I think we're going off script now. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, no, we're, we're not going to do Rooster Enders. Who do way, we have? Is anybody even live out there watching this thing? Usually there's a thing that shows this. But, uh, yeah, because someone says, uh, did you guys know that the Copo Camaro does not come with a VIN number, so there's no way to make it street legal in any state with an unhappy face? The Copo what? Uh, Copo Camaro. Do you know this, Trevor? That sounds like your league of things. Sounds like that club Desi Arnaz used to sing at in, uh, the <laughs> in I Love Lucy or something. Or was that Copacabana? Yeah. Uh, Jason Jason Abbott's still watching. He wants me to talk about Can-Ams. Jason, I want to ride that electric Can-Am, and I want to ride the all-wheel drive one when it starts coming out. Uh, let's see. Your review was spot on, says Radar ADV. One week on the Cove, and I sold my T7 and WR250 for a light ADV. It's stellar. Well, Radar ADV, I have to completely disagree with you getting off the Blue Crew. Number one, because they are yeah. a sponsor of this show. But he ought to call in next show and talk about that. Right. Call in and, and let's <laughs> let's hear what your I want to hear what the facts are that hey, made him sweat. If you have that Covo Cabana Carrero, go to Arizona because uh, Puffy says uh, they'll make anything street legal. And we got a few people in there that are live. There, there's people that are out there yeah, watching. Good. George. Where are they from? Everybody post up where they're from. Yeah. Uh, what's a good 125 two-stroke for MX on a budget? The aluminum frame YZ125s are overpriced in my area. Well, Asher Lito, who's back, by the way, back from uh, Bible study. Oh, he was the one that he was checked the one that out. had to check out for Bible study. A lot of catching up. Yeah. You, know, you got to go back and watch it. There's a big reveal. <laughs> big show. Yeah. <laughs> big show tonight. Jimmy was overserved. <laughs> the, the, so the YZ125 is not overpriced because 
It's <laughs> such a good bike. I have a 2005 and I'm literally thinking about buying a new one. I've seen a couple of them come up, but I'd almost go and buy a new one because you think about how much life and use I've got out of that thing for that much time. And it, it's it, the price is the price. And I don't know if the used bike's going to come down that much. There was the MIC synopsis this weekend, symposium. The price is the price. The price says the, the guy fun. with a sugar mama. Trevor, you you got experience with these bikes, don't you? I I love a one YZ125. I don't care what year it is. Why? You can't go wrong. They're but they're worth what they're worth. I mean, it's it's like I think if you're paying like 6500 bucks for for a used one that's in decent shape, that's pretty fair. Yeah, these days. Cuz what, um, what yeah. are they 7 what are they 7 they're 75 what? by the time you're out 70. the door? Yes, it's like 73, 75 probably out the yeah. door. And Asher Lita yeah. says I'm working with two to three thirty five hundred, and all the YZ one twenty fives here are four k and over. Yeah, save the five hundred bucks. Um, actually, come out and work for me for like three days doing motorcycle motorcycle related projects, and I'll I'll get you that five hundred. Which bucks. includes getting the weeds out of the driveway. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit of weeds. You got to take the weeds out, and then we're going to do some siding on some buildings, a little roofing. You know, there's a couple things. Uh, pet the cat. We have to pet the cat a lot. I was looking time. for a hoe earlier. I don't know if you knew that. Well, that for the weeds, though. No, you got to go down the street yeah, and take no, a left. Not that kind yeah, of yeah, hoe. Yeah, go down the street and take <laughs> a left. But uh, hey, Trevor, thanks for uh, uh, thanks for going out and riding dirt bikes all day for free. Uh, <laughs> you know, on you know, using my good name and fortune. Did they did they miss me out there, or were they glad I didn't show up? Oh, Stevie was bumming that you weren't out there. Hey, did he want to race he, me again? Yeah, he wanted you and Hoffman. That's. That- Oh, he wanted Happy Scott and Grumpy Jimmy. <laughs> no, Grumpy, Grumpy, everyone. I I think Stevie wants to come out and do some trail riding with me. He's asking uh, about something. What was he? He asked me about something about oh, you. Oh, about the du- my WR maps. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah, we. Oh, and then maybe there's some Tenere stuff happening. There's lots of things going on. So hey, we got people from Idaho, Pennsylvania, Indio. Is Indio? A I'm place? sorry about that. Yeah, Lompoc. <laughs> yeah, I've got some people out here. So cool. Hey, uh, nobody overseas, I guess. So it's cool when I see Australia. Or well, they're they Europe they're they're whatever. they're in the future, so they really can't. They, it takes a while for their internets to come down. Oh, <laughs> so uh, well, Perump's just in the past period. No Perump's one one, to- one toilet flush away from Vegas, and I went to Cactus <laughs> Corners for ice, ice. Oh boy, I forgot everything I love about Perump. <laughs> <laughs> coyote corner yeah yeah coyote whatever corner. so everybody hey thanks for joining in and watching uh, i'd like to again thank all of our sponsors double take mirrors if you like to look at yourself while you're riding i use them all the time trevor you should start running a double take on your race bikes because there's nothing more refreshing than you know just seeing the shit-eating grin you have in your motorcycle when you're just overalling best in the desert races so overalling, I will win so many races. He says, that. "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you should put those streamers like all over your body. You know that'll show where the wind's running, and you can watch those and see if you can be more aerodynamic by just shifting your body around. You know, now now that's a tech tip that you that that tech tip. We're going to do that tomorrow, but we're going to do it with Flovis, <laughs> and you're going to be naked, George." <laughs> and the stringers too, but those will be images you can never get out of your. Well, that's why it's brain. going on. It's that's... going on my OnlyFans account. Yeah. Uh, bulletproof designs. <laughs> hey, get your bulletproof stuff when you get your new bike, especially the radiator guards because they 
bolt right up, they protect it, then your radiators will never bend, or at least they won't get destroyed, and you don't have to try to put nice straight radiator guards on dented up radiators after you fall over. Hey, I have a video from this weekend that I'm going to post up, and there's going to be a Bulletproof Designs uh, commercial for a radiator guard in the video. I don't want to say why. Uh, Fast Company, Trail Tech, DDC, Climb were awesome. Climb vented gear this weekend. I was the uh, most flowing guy out riding in the trails. Uh, Scott Sports, Taco Moto, Taco Moto, Rooster Endo. It may come back. It may not. And if I have uh, a bike for sale, will it come back? Uh, Taco, yeah, Roost Endo are for sale. Possibly, yeah, we can put all your bikes that are for sale. I right now we're tripled up. We're three episodes deep. So the next one, if it, if the bikes are good. There's somebody's going to win a lot of money. And of course, uh, Yamaha, where Trevor says the bike bogged because all the journalists suck. The bike yes. bogged because I didn't turn the throttle far enough. Yeah, that that's, it? that's what I was going to tell him. So <laughs> I'm glad it, you, you figured it out, though. Hey, and one last question. John out. Bailey just tripped across us on YouTube. He says early CR450X clutch pull remedy. Don't use it. Don't um, <laughs> just quit using it. There you go. The That's my advice. You want another, Jimmy? No, Trevor. You, <laughs> do, do you have a clutch pull remedy for the early ones? Because they're kind of the same. Actually, I think the new one it lightened the pull a little bit. But uh, I put uh, a works connect works connection clutch perch on ours, and I think that helped. Like you even said it when we first were trying the bike stock. Uh, it's a light pull, but it's kind of vague feeling. Like you don't really, like especially compared to the RX with the hydraulic clutch, it was just kind of like, like you're pulling the lever in and out or whatever. But you couldn't really feel exactly what right. it was the Honda, the Honda clutch, the Honda clutch out of all the clutches is, we'll call it a little bit vague feeling on the old ones. Yeah. Um, and he says clutch pull remedy, so he's not paying too hard or too soft or whatever. But sometimes just levers, sometimes just something as simple as adjusting the position. Um, of where the lever starts engaging and disengaging can make a pretty big difference. So sometimes letting it come in a little bit closer to your fingers. I mean, most people are worried about bumping against their knuckles, but if your plates are good and everything, it doesn't take that much of a pull to actually get it to completely disengage. So play around no. with the positioning where the lever is, then some different levers offer slightly different pivot positions. Um, there's a lot of little things you can do that are just that are that are free. Then you can go to levers that are a little bit different. There's companies that make clutch arm extenders. Uh, of course, you can go all the way to just getting a completely different clutch from something like Recluse. But uh, I will tell you that the the Honda uh, of of a lot of the bikes does benefit a lot from improved clutch components, uh, mostly because they have a certain durability standard and a certain kind of feel that they like, and maybe it's not the best for uh everybody if it's if it's what what was his name uh that was uh john bailey john bailey i got something here that i just it, it works george, in a lot of a george sticker no no it's if it's if it's clutch effort i'd say there's there's something out there it's, it's called triactin <laughs> and you should look into it but triactin like a man and pull that thing in okay <laughs> So that's my tech yeah. tip. Hey, besides besides lubing the cable and putting some lube in the thing, uh, we're going to go ahead and sign off with that note. <laughs> I I really appreciate everybody joining in this show. Again, thanks to all our sponsors. Thank you, Trevor, for coming on and taking taking the heat like a man. I hope I hope your cereal went well. Get, get to the damn. What computer. kind of cereal did you have, Trevor? Fruit Loops, Raisin Bran. Oh, raisin I like Bran. Raisin Bran. A lot yeah. of sugar though. 
Yeah. Okay yeah. for a guy like you that's active and young. Uh, watch out uh, for my tech tip that's going up tomorrow. Be sure to like and uh, subscribe to that one. Uh, double up on the thing because Trevor's going to put one up too. It's not going to be nearly as good. And uh, with that, nope. we are going to uh, see everybody out in the trail. Cheers, guys. 